This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And give us a J, give us an E, give us an S. It's Jessica Quits the Squad. Oh, wow. Doesn't it genuinely feel like a million years since we started talking about this book? Oh, we spent a lot of time in Renoma, down the beach or the lake, whatever it was called. On the cliffs. On the cliffs. Yeah, weirdly, if it was so near the sea, why were they at a lake? This is just hitting me now. Anyway, uh, that's where we were two weeks ago at our very special live show. Oh my God, it was the best crack. And thank you so much to everybody who came in person and uh, hanging out on the live stream because we could go back and actually check to see the chat kind of that was going on. And the comment section was absolutely hopping. So I'm so glad everybody had fun there. Everybody formed a Discord. They all went off to continue the chats. Yeah, amazing. Love that so much. So uh, thank you all. And uh, apologies for inflicting Nicholas Morrow on you yet again. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back. <laughs> oh, if only he was, uh, we could be sure we'd escaped him, but I think you're right. Yes, he will return, but not for the moment, because hmm. we are back with part two of Jessica Quits the Squad. Um, you might remember when we left off the last time, uh, Jessica still had not quit the squad because, spoiler alert, <laughs> she doesn't do that to like three pages from the end. Oh my God. It's very much like the big kind of like build up of this whole book is the point at which she quits the squad. So yeah, the, the uh, title really gives away the whole game completely. <laughs> I understand why they went for it for dramatic effect. Oh, sure. However, yeah, I mean, it's good, but yeah. Imagine if they hadn't done that and what it would be a surprise. <laughs> it would. I would have been so surprised. <laughs> yes, except for the massive spoiler in the title. Mm. Um, but yes, she had been uh, pushed to the side mm. by newcomer Heather Malone. Oh, Heather. We want to root for her because every so often she shows these kind of flashes of like being quite cool and being nice to people who like Jessica would deem beneath her. And then she'll Mm. turn around and say something absolutely fucking dreadful about somebody's figure or what they're eating. And it's just like, oh, Heather, we want to like you. (laughs) Just impossible, basically. (laughs) Well, she gets even worse in the second half of this book. Um, So, yeah, that's the that's Jessica's main storyline. But Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the only uh, I guess it's the A plot, but the B plot, which takes up an annoying amount of uh, space in the book, is Liz. Oh my God. Yes. So, because I totally forgot about this when I just like had a quick reread this morning just to kind of refresh my memory. And it was suddenly the words Todd and Nuzzling came screaming back all of a shot. And I was just like, oh dear God, I clearly just blanked all this out from the last time we were talking about this book. So yeah, basically 
dad is all over Liz. She hates it because she's all hung up on uh, on Ken, her secret <gasps> lover from when Todd was in Vermont that we only found out about in her diary and has now been made canon uh, now that Jessica has uh, hooked up with Ken. Poor Liz is tormented because she's like, do I even love Todd anymore? Am I still in love with Ken? Does he feel the same way? So she's just being really miserable and mopey and being really bitchy to Jessica um, in a way that isn't even enjoyable because, you know, usually it's fun when someone's bitchy to Jessica. Yeah, it's more sort of gaslighty because it's more like trying to convince her that Ken doesn't really like her or is only friends or Mm. that like, why don't you take Maria as I'm telling you, your date with you. Spoiler alert, that actually happens in (laughs) this. Yeah, Liz has just lost whatever brain cells were rattling around in that head of hers have just departed for this book. She's just unhinged. It's kind of gas because she's never, she doesn't usually get to be so unhinged, but you know what? Yeah. It's her time to shine. <laughs> she is making up for lost time with oh this book. God, yeah. So oh yeah, so we, we won't have a cool cover to talk about, unfortunately. Well, not we a just, cool uh, real cover. No, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. But uh, we do have the the terrible UK cover, which neither of us had seen before, before mm. this very evening, in fact, yeah. in my case. We had to go looking for it. And there's like just an extremely shitty, tiny JPEG that's like minus eight kilobytes. Like, oh my God. So grainy and so tiny. But it is the classic uh, silk background random shit on the fucking flat lay uh, the usual kind of style but like it's baffling so there is an American football mm-hmm. uh, there is which is fine there's like I don't know yellow streamers or they could potentially be like a big long ribbon that uh, is attached to it's... what we think is a whistle yes is that a tag a sort of like white stars on a blue background oh. tag thing on the whistle, it's really hard to see. If any of you mm. own this book and can uh, give us a bit more info, mm. it's uh, the the grainy photo is so confusing <laughs> because it is clearly really is just a random assortment of images. Oh my God. Like whatever was lying around the prop closet in the UK arm of Phantom, <laughs> I don't know what the hell was going on. Because inexplicably, there's also a pair of white gloves as part of this what? little assemblage of <laughs> random things and I simply do not know. Unless, you know, maybe there's some significance to a pair of white gloves in either cheerleading or football that we were, uh, you know, <laughs> did not know about until right this second. But I would be surprised if there is an explanation for that. Oh, God. I mean, the things that they've dragged out of the back of that prop <laughs> cupboard in the past, like nothing would surprise me. But uh, the white gloves, there's something very... Sort of uncanny about them. It's just a random weird thing. It's kind of unsettling, isn't it? Yes. You know, I'd nearly take the random dollar bills over the white yeah. gloves because <laughs> why are they there? <laughs> well, uh, fortunately, there's another version of this cover because a friend of the show, Cressida, has done it again. I mean, I don't know. I genuinely don't know how you do with Cressida because <gasps> it's like every time there's a cover and I'm like, God, this one's going to be tricky. And yet, Cressida comes through every single time. I'm so glad we can rely on you to have something to talk about in terms of a cover because, oh my God. Now, 
Cressida did downplay it and say that it was the trickiest one to date. Oh, yes. As as she said on Twitter, it was like, this is the trickiest one to date. Burning Christmas trees, kidnapped witches, <laughs> beach weddings. No problem. <laughs> However, a split scene and a set of matching blonde cheerleaders. Nope. I really need some more blonde dolls. Now, saying all that. Chris is still absolutely fucking smashed it. This is so good. Oh, it's got a set. Like she has fashioned a oh set. It's stunning. So there is like her copy of Jessica Quits the Squad propped up on top of Elizabeth's secret diary, which oh. an incredible touch. Um, the dolls then are either side of the book to make up the kind of split screen effect. So <laughs> have a little blonde doll uh, who's playing the part of Jessica and uh, yeah she's looking up at <laughs> the stand-in for Ken who is significantly shorter I think than yes. the Jessica doll so he's standing on the Rubik's Cube <laughs> he's got his little American football helmet in his hand just like the cover like this is yeah. so well done on oh the other God. side then uh, playing the parts of uh, the cheerleaders because again it's Jessica on the other side too with Heather like smashing a pom-pom into her face basically <laughs> um, so here we just have like beautiful Barbie dolls and it looks like one one is kind of looking into camera and just like slapping the one beside her <laughs> which I think is actually better than what's on the cover and even their legs are in the same pose as the cheerleaders on the cover of the book it's so good and then the backdrop has like Sweet Valley in the little like varsity font with like like go gladiators and all these little kind of bits writ- written in Big Mesa stink like Palisades suck. <laughs> so good. It's just the attention to detail. Honest to God. Like, oh, just well mag- done, Cressida. <laughs> magnificent. I, I shrieked. I just, yes. I well, she really did. I can confirm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but like, just honestly, I don't know what we'd do without you. This is just so good. <laughs> so Bravo. Again, Cressida. <laughs> We will share that image on socials because uh, it really has to be seen to be believed. <laughs> Truly. I'm like, I'm, I did that no justice whatsoever. So you will have to seek it out, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, we begin the second half of the book on Monday after the party, which you might remember, uh, I didn't, uh, but I, so I had to flick back a bit, uh, in, in which Jessica pushed Heather into the swimming pool. Um, it's pretty good. And... This is the first time, you know, this is Monday. The party mm-hmm. was over the weekend. So she hasn't seen Heather or any of the rest of the squad since then. And Jessica is late for practice, but it's not her fault. No, if I, like, I mean, as far as she's concerned, she's on time. Yeah. But, uh, she arrives to find everyone in the midst of practice. And she's like, what the hell's going on here? If I think she was actually early as far as she was concerned. But uh, it turns out that Heather changed the time of practice that day and, and said it was going to be at 3.30 instead of 4. <gasps> um, because apparently they need the extra half hour uh, to practice. And Jessica's like, what the hell? Like, you never <laughs> told me. Also, you didn't consult me. We're meant to be co-captains. And Heather just plays it off. It's like, oh, I thought Annie was going to tell you, like, really her kind of sickly mm. sweet act uh, and Jessica is absolutely fuming um, even more so when she sees that uh, Heather is trying to buy off the squad with these little um, matching pins that she's given to everybody which sound like such a weird little gift to give to the uh, to the squad to, but it's- to celebrate our new working relationship like girl what <laughs> So everyone has a little pin in the shape of a cheerleading megaphone and everybody is so fucking thrilled with these pins. It's kind of mad. Except Jessica, who walks away a few feet 
throws the pin on the ground and stomps it into the dirt. I absolutely <laughs> love the image of Jessica like walking away from the group with her little pin, <laughs> throwing it on the ground. I just like literally stomping on it. It's just it's <laughs> so unnecessary, <laughs> but so cartoonish. And I just love it. <laughs> I also love it. Though I am amazed nobody noticed. because of yeah. it's like, What is she doing over there? Just stomping away, little face. Like, oh, you stupid pin. Stop, stop, stop. And like her internal monologue is even, that's what I think of your adorable little pin. <laughs> like she is so angry. Well, she tries to hide her anger then. I mean, I think it's a bit too late. That ship sailed. Yeah. And, uh, she goes from stomping away to saying she wants to demonstrate the new cheer she's been working on. But all these, I, I cannot describe what pricks the rest of the cheerleaders are because I'll say it now I know that they probably all have reason to hate Jessica in Mm. the past but Heather is not you know like she's certainly not nicer really to any of them and they just allow her to disrespect Jessica constantly constantly like and these girls are also Jessica's friends like she's known Uh them Forever. They've all been through fucking kidnappings and hostage situations and dramatic parties and Fowler Crest together. And you would think she had just met them. Like, it's wild. The absolute lack of loyalty from oh. these girls. Because like, yeah, Jessica tries to teach them a new cheer. And like, as she turns around, they're already in some other formation that Heather has taught them and are like, yeah. we're going to do this cheer instead. And just everything she kind of suggests or even says is just like dismissed out of hand. And it's so rude. Like, it's and, really bad. And also, the cheerleaders are such absolute fucking saps, uh, as well as disloyal, because Heather's like, oh, okay, you go ahead and teach your little cheer. And all the cheerleaders are like, oh, no, we want to learn your cheer, Heather. And uh, they have whiny, disappointed <laughs> expressions on their faces. Honestly, I really thought these girls had a bit more fucking backbone than this, but they're just oh. really bought into Heather's bullshit and it's just, it, oh. it, it's really pathetic from them. Isn't <laughs> it? Like they literally, because Heather's all like, Jessica wants to show us her cheer, so I guess we better let her. And they are literally pleading um, to let them finish Heather's cheer instead. So Jessica gives in. It's so bizarre. Like, I really thought that Jessica was ruling this squad with an iron fist and they were all terrified of her as well as secretly hating her. But like, it's just gas how quickly they've turned on her. Well, the cheer that Heather is teaching them is really, really hard. And she's basically a sort of tyrant. Oh my God, she's just yelling at them, uh, telling them they're not concentrating hard enough. She'll sandy that she's moving around like a cow. Like she's just being really unpleasant. Uh, mm. Like she's singling out girls and saying they're doing a terrible job. Yeah. Um, and like to watch her instead. And then Jessica's like, you know, watches her do her cheer. And she's like, well, obviously it's easy for you, Heather. You made up the fucking thing. But yeah. like, she's just, she's just being really mean to everybody mm. um, and keeps, you know, hammering home that, you know, this isn't going to cut it for the nationals because it's all about getting to nationals now. And that's the most fucking important thing in the world. Um, but Jessica kind of takes a step back and thinks, well, look, if I just let this play out, they're going to get sick of Heather like yelling at them like they're in the mm-hmm. fucking army pretty soon. But um, yeah, so she's just like, OK, surely they're not going to uh, put up with this basically for for much longer. So she kind of thinks, OK, maybe I'll just let this run its course and I won't actually have to do anything. Yes, she she gleefully, we're told, <laughs> thinks there's no way you're going to win most favourite captain if you keep yelling at everyone like that so uh, Mm -hmm. she thinks that Heather's um, you know full on approach is going to backfire yeah 
Well, we cut to the following night at Todd's gaff where Liz has gone over to study uh, after dinner with Todd and his folks. Todd says what I can only describe as the least sexy thing ever. As he goes, I think my mom and dad love you almost as much as I do, if that's possible. God, like, yeah, that's just what you want to hear from your boyfriend. <laughs> then, amazingly, Liz says, I love them too. Your dad's hysterical. I know where you got your sense of humor. What sense of humor? Oh my God. Uh, like, yeah, the Todd and Liz conversations don't get any better from here on out. Oh. It is just, it's just. Awful. <laughs> the least, I mean, that was the least sexy uh, opening yeah. line. And then he mm-hmm. says, yeah, about, you know, his dad who's so hysterical. Todd says, yeah, he's a pretty crazy guy. And you're making me crazy right now because nothing puts you in the mood like talking about your dad. <laughs> your boyfriend's dad. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Todd starts kissing her and she's not up for it. And she's like, oh, we're meant to be studying. And he's like, I'm studying you. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Jesus. They really, I mean, I was going to say they did Todd dirty in this book, but like, Uh, has he he ever been that pleasant to read about really? Unless he's just like punching someone in the face because (laughs) this is just, I just feel icky. In all these scenes, because Todd is just so desperate for Liz's attention and for her to like want to make out with him that it's just like, oh my God, Todd, just fucking go home. Oh no, you eat home. Go in your room. (laughs) (laughs) You're grounded. You just cannot read the vibe. Not at all, all. No. and also like it's a, it's a it's a Monday or a Tuesday night, and um, so she th- she really did think that they were going to study. Um, mm. I mean, is that a thing in in Ireland? I don't think it is. Like, I don't remember you go round to your friend's house. I mean, boyfriend wasn't an issue for me in secondary school, but no. like you go round <laughs> to your friend's house to study. Like. No. Are they just like sitting there with their books side by side? That seems to be what happens know. in, you know, yeah. teen dramas. It's um, true. They're always in study groups and yeah, studying yeah. together in the library. And it's like, come on. Yeah. Like, you might use that as a cover story and then yeah. go arse around with your friend and drink cans in the park. But like, <laughs> <laughs> not in this town. Um, <laughs> no. So yeah, Todd's like, oh, I'll try to control myself. And it's like, but it's right. not easy because you look so sexy. We'll find out what she's wearing. <laughs> The power of the Wakefield sexiness. <laughs> What's that? Even Liz thinks he's certainly easy to please. I mean, it's you who say it, Liz. Oh, oh God. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> so we last like five minutes actually doing some work. Then he starts snogging her again. She pictures Ken. Uh-oh. Yeah, so of course Liz is still hung up on Ken. And she is being kind of snappy with Todd. Yeah. Because she's kind of thinking about Ken the whole time. So she is being a bit mean to him, which isn't yeah. fair. Um, and he kind of wonders, like, you know, why she's being like this. Because she does kind of get really angry with him. And yeah. Saying, well, I thought we were here to study. Um, And she does think to herself, like, why am I being so mean to him? And yeah, Todd is very kind of like, oh, my, you know, I'm sorry if I did something wrong. Um, But yeah, I think she just decides to to head home, basically. Yeah. So she kind of tells him, look, I'm not mad at you about anything, but like, she's clearly fuming. He doesn't yeah. know why. It is very unfair, but still, Todd's yeah. just so annoying. It's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> you both just leave the situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, she worries that her unreasonable behaviour will drive him away. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Jessica arrives at school and sees Lila chatting with Heather. And Lila's saying, thanks for last night. That was a blast. 
Oh no, the betrayal of it all. Oh. Yeah. So of course, as soon as uh, she manages to, um, oh yeah, she, she does say hello to Heather. Um, Jessica does, but like. As soon as it's her and Lila, she's like, so what's the story here? Like, what is going on? Um, but Lila's like, oh, I forgot. Uh, no, like, she wasn't talking about anything. We need to go inside. We're late for homeroom. But uh, Jessica eventually gets it out of her that um, a few of them apparently went over to Heather's <gasps> last night for dinner. Uh, Jessica's absolutely appalled by this. She's like, no way her best friend went to Heather's house. Could it be? So she's like, <laughs> can you be more specific who went there and why? She wants a detailed guest list. Everything right now. So apparently Annie, Amy, and a couple of guys went over to her house and one of those guys was Ken. <gasps> and Jessica is rightly horrified. Mm. Um, I think it's a bit weird that Ken like didn't tell her because they're kind of going out at this stage, aren't they? They are, yeah. I don't know. Like he knows that she hates Heather. <laughs> I, and like she literally pushed her into a pool. That is true. <laughs> but she, I just want to know, does Ken know that she did that on purpose? But they did talk about, you know, the whole, uh, like, how Jessica feels threatened by Mm, Heather and she just doesn't like her. So, Ken, not your finest hour going over to her house. Like, you could have turned her down. Mm. Um, But yeah, she had a dinner party on a Tuesday night, school (laughs) night. (laughs) You know, these 16-year-olds and their dinner parties, they just can't get enough of it. (laughs) Well, probably at her old school, Lila says, Heather and her friends gave dinner parties all the time. God's sake. Well, you know, she actually does fit in pretty well at Sweet Valley at that rate of going. <laughs> but yeah, Lila kind of tries to persuade Jessica to give Heather a chance because she's like, she insists that she does actually like her because Jessica just doesn't even believe this at all. Yeah. But Lila's like, look, if you actually gave her a chance, you might get to like her because she is pretty cool. She made in a fabulous dinner, created a cool ambiance, apparently, with candles and everything. She's very sophisticated. <laughs> You're, these kids are 16. Like, how sophisticated can they be? Oh my God, it's so ridiculous. But um, but then, of course, as soon as she knows that Ken was there, like Jessica is absolutely drilling Lila for details. And she's like, what was he like with Heather? Were they flirting? Did they sit next to each other? And apparently they did sit next <gasps> to each other, but Lila was saying that like there really wasn't anything going on mm. between them. Um, and when Jessica keeps pressing, she's like, you sound really paranoid about this. And she's like, you have nothing to worry about. He asked you out for Friday night, not Heather. She's like, can we please drop this? But of course, Jessica is just feeling worse and worse now because already mm. like just you know Heather has her hands on her squad and now she's trying to steal her boyfriend as well and her best friend and into oh. the mix too so she's really just absolutely fleecing the place from Jessica. <laughs> I do not blame Jessica for being really upset by this. Yeah. That's fair. it would feel like betrayal of you know mm. both Lila and Ken. Yeah. Well, later that day, there's a match, an actual match, and I'll practice. And mm. we begin with Heather yelling, sweet success, which is, I guess, her, one of her cheers. That is such a shit cheer. Now, I'm no cheerleader, but even I can tell <laughs> that is a shit cheer. <laughs> like, whatever, if it was the end of a sentence, there's no way that sentence is good enough to make sweet success a good sort of closing moment that's not payoff for anything like get out of your head get down off that pyramid you like absolute I'm, joker <laughs> I'm guessing it's a sweet valley pun but like oh well, maybe Ugh, I still don't like it it still doesn't really make sense <laughs> no unless they're thinking the sweet smell of success which oh, doesn't God. work either <laughs> terrible well so anyway, everyone's loving it though <laughs> yes and it, the match uh, was a sweet success sweet valley mm. won Wishman whoever they are uh Oh my god Every time Jessica starts to lead a cheer Heather 
practically jumped in front of her and started off one for her. Like, that sounds like absolute fucking chaos. I don't know yes. how that played well with anybody because it sounds like a total mess. Because it sounds like that's all that happened for the entirety of this game was just mm. Heather literally jumping in front of Jessica and changing the cheer that she had just started. Like, that would be really confusing. And for the cheerleaders too, like that they're following yeah. one thing and then suddenly we're changing it to something else. And they're probably having to like get into a different formation or whatever. Like, it just yeah. sounds like a total shit show. But apparently yeah. the crowd were on their feet, absolutely loving oh my it. God. Um, And I do not buy it. <laughs> I don't buy it either. And, and we know that we have um plenty of listeners who either were cheerleaders or uh, have kids who are cheerleaders. Mm. So I would assume that you know, before each match, you've got some sort of schedule, like you know which cheers you're going to do in what Surely, order. Yeah. You're not just like randomly, just you know, throwing them out. <laughs> fucking grab bag. Let's see what happens now. <laughs> um, yeah, like oh, the captains, I'm going to keep them on their toes. Oh but um, yes, Jessica is rightly in a rage. And uh, Lila and Winston are praising the cheerleaders and saying how great they were. And Jessica wants to yell like, they were always great. Mm. But um, she does find some co-captain or some comfort in the fact that she is still the co-captain. So she is getting to share some of this glory. Mm. Well, that's true. If the squad looks good, then so does Jessica by virtue of being a co-captain. So much so that apparently a handsome reporter from a local paper is coming towards her to to chat to her about being captain of the cheerleading squad. And he wants to uh, ask her a few questions about the new cheers because there was such a crowd pleaser. And once again, Heather literally (laughs) jumps in front of... She spends most of this book jumping in front of Jessica. Um, So she intercepts this like handsome reporter guy uh, who then only just wants to talk to Heather. And she just takes all the credit for everything yeah. um, because she's like oh I'm new to Sweet Valley and you know I've only been here a little over a week but now he's like oh so this is his angle now that in just one week he's come. she's come to town and turned the squad around um, and he's all like oh you know I've never seen better cheerleaders and <gasps> Heather is just like oh yeah you know it's going to take a while to get these girls into shape but we're off to a good start and Jessica is so angry about this because not only yeah. did Heather literally just step in and take over the interview she's also putting the squad down uh, yes. which is not very school spirity of her um, and just kind of taking all the credit for how mm. great she is and how this is all down to her wonderful influence so this, yeah, Jessica is rightly pissed off very rightly and again I don't understand why the squad continue to support her because like she is just dissing them in mm. public in print no in less print, to a reporter like my god yeah it's really it's really poor show from her like there's no yeah. um, team spirit there at all now yeah well, the next day, Alice is worried about Jessica because she is not well. And you might recall that she was feeling a bit under the weather, you know, in the mm. first half of the book. Um, and she puts on a brave face and she says she's fine, but she does feel awful. She's got a really bad sore throat. She feels a bit kind of just a bit wrong. And mm. it is mad how reading of this has changed post uh, arrival of the pandemic because now you're like oh shit a sore throat oh get your antigen tests Jessica <laughs> I know. oh god she's feeling chilly no not the chills this is the worst <laughs> they were my worst symptom when I got it the first time round, I had really bad chills that night and I'd never had yeah. that before and I was just like oh that's what this is and I fucking hate it yeah. <laughs> Well, Jessica does not have a plague, but she does have some sort of really bad uh, sort of cold or Mm, some sort of infection. Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, but she she pretends that she's fine. And Liz praises the squad's performance the other day. And oh god, she's such a dick. She's like, as you know, I don't give a fuck about cheerleading, but actually, you were better than usual. Say you were great out there. Like fucking hell, Liz. You don't have to qualify everything with like how little it interests you. Like we know above it all. We know. We get it. But mentioning the match enrages Jessica even more because uh, she says that Heather took all the credit for the work they've mm-hmm. been doing for the full year when she's just, you know, turned up five seconds ago and now she's, yeah. you know, ruled the roost. And Alice worries that she's going red with a fever. But mm-hmm. Jessica insists she just goes red with rage when she talks about Heather. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, Alice then realises that um, she's running a temperature and uh, yeah, Alice then has to just basically talk Jessica into staying home from school. Uh, yeah. And it's really unlike Jessica, of course, to put up a fight like this, because Liz is also like, you know, you love getting to stay home and watch your soap operas. Like, why are you why are you fighting this? Um, but as far as Jessica is concerned, if she misses even a day of school, like it just gives Heather more and more power. Mm. Um, so she really tries not to uh, to be kept home but uh, but does not uh, does not manage it yeah she really is properly sick and she can't hide it mm. yeah so that afternoon Liz should be working in the Oracle office mm-hmm. but instead she's on the bleachers and who could she be watching well she's too busy perving on Ken <laughs> <laughs> apparently his great personality is evident even at a distance ah yes <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're into, Liz. His great uh-huh. personality. What a personality! I can <laughs> see it from here. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, she's such a sneaky bitch. She feels bad about helping to convince her mother to make Jessica stay at home because uh, this was part of her ruse to talk to Ken. Such a sneaky bitch. Like, yeah. So this way she gets to chat to Ken without any danger of Jessica either seeing them or like sidling up and uh, hearing anything. So Jessica is fully out of the picture for the day so she can actually chat to Ken properly now and get him on her own and uh, not have it be like suspicious or anybody kind of wondering what the hell is going on there. That would fairness, given her previous form, like wangling a dance with him and then being like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, bye. I'm running <laughs> off is... Uh... Uh, talking doesn't seem to be working for you, Liz. That's all I'll say. It really doesn't. So she hopes she'll be able to tell him what her true feelings are. And she starts wondering, like, what might have been if Todd hadn't come back from Vermont? Would they still mm-hmm. be together? Uh, so she waits for Ken on his way to the locker room. Again, his face is all red from practising. Somehow she says that he looks more handsome than ever, ever with a big red face and helmet hair. Yeah, now look, I love a bit of Ken Matthews, but even this, I'm like, are you sure? Because it's like, yeah, his face is bright red from the exertion, like his hair is matted down from the helmet, but he looked more handsome than ever. And I'm just like, Liz, I think um, (laughs) maybe she's just slightly biased here somehow, or like she's got love goggles on or something, because girl, what are you talking about? (laughs) Well, he asks if she's looking for Todd and he looks really nervous and awkward Mm. and uh, Liz is like, oh fuck, what am I doing? So she's like, oh, do you know where he is? And Ken's like, oh no, don't. So she decides this this was a a big mistake and runs off. But then he calls her name. Yeah, so she she stops and turns around and thinks, this is it. It's what I've been waiting for. He's going to tell me he's not really interested in Jessica, but he was just trying to get to me and he's still in love with me, but he can't hurt his best friend. And it's like, what is happening? (laughs) 
her phone from because like she keeps kind of employing all this subterfuge to go chat to him and then literally just running away every time but suddenly he's supposed to realize that this is what she wants to hear <laughs> but of course when when she does say yes and like holds her breath for the answer he's just like um say hi to Jessica for me I hope she feels better because like I really don't know how she was expecting him to come out with this big confession of love for her when he's clearly into yeah. her sister but the like, one thing nice. that would be, the one thing that would be possible is for him to acknowledge what happened between them. Yeah. So I guess the one the, the oh, I can't believe I'm giving any defense <laughs> of anything in this stupid book. But um the, the one thing that is kind of realistic as a dynamic is that it's really one of the things that upsets Liz is mm. that he acts like nothing ever happened, which sort of starts making her feel like she's a bit mad. Because there is That um, is fair, yeah. Because she says, like, you know, he doesn't care about me. He's acting like nothing happened. Like, all the kissing and laughing and late night talks never happened. And I think that would be kind of weird. That would. But, like, we are told that he's he he seems even more nervous than Liz when she does go up to him at first. So, like, they are both awkward around each other. But it's like neither of them can just say what's on their mind. Yeah. Say anything, it seems like, other than stupid banalities that get nobody anywhere and then mm. they just run away so and I guess you know part of that is also they're literally 16 so you know well that's too. true <laughs> but she decides she has to let him go ah. so meanwhile back at the Casatel Wakefield a groggy Jessica is watching the bold and the beautiful and uh, she looks at the clock and sees that the cheerleading practice is probably over which feels better uh, makes her feel better and that actually mm. is weirdly realistic you know when you like you're Isn't missing it? out on something and you're like oh it's happening now and you yeah. do feel better when you know it's over and you're not That's missing it. it anymore like the FOMO has kind of passed it's like well look it's over now for everybody so yeah, we can all just exactly. move on pretend like never happened <laughs> also I did think it was interesting that they properly name checked the bold and the beautiful because wasn't yes. it the young and the beautiful that they were auditioning for at that time so it was like they weren't naming proper soap so it was like because it is what the young and the restless, the restless and the yeah. but it was like the young and the beautiful yeah. <laughs> whereas now we've got the bold and the beautiful so do they all just exist in the one universe all these oh mad friends with very similar names who even knows <laughs> well well, uh, it's not enough to distract Jessica because she's still thinking about Jessica, about Heather. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's determined that she won't let her steal the show at their next match. But then the phone starts ringing and Jessica gets a surprise. She does, um, because she can't tell who it is at first because she can just hear somebody crying on the <gasps> end of the line. So she's like, what? Who is this? What's happening? And it turns out it's Maria, um, who's really upset. And Jessica eventually gets it out of her that um, Heather fucking kicked Maria and Sandy off the squad at practice <gasps> that day. And of course, Maria is super upset. She's really embarrassed. And it's just like she basically humiliated the two of us in front of the entire squad. She's like, nobody gets kicked off the cheering squad. I feel like a total loser. So Jessica hears this and she's just like, what the fuck? How, she can't do that, like, because they are meant to be co-captains. And also mm-hmm. these girls have been here so much longer than Heather. Um, but she's like, look, you and Sandy are great cheerleaders and everyone on that squad agrees. I'm sure they must have put up a fight for you. But Aww. then Maria reveals that they all just stood by Heather's decision. She's like, I thought they were my friends, but I guess I was wrong. And like, poor Maria, this is so horrible um, that all her friends just turned her back, turned their backs on her and Sandy. Um 
And Jessica just can't believe it's gotten to this point in like a day. She's just like, this makes no sense. They are your friends. Why would they side with Heather against you? And um, yeah, Maria goes on to explain that Heather basically has them all convinced. If they just do everything she says, they'll make it to the Nationals. (gasps) Uh, She gave this big fucking speech about how they weren't going to stand a chance as things stood at the minute. So yeah, she's here making all these changes and this is what's going to get them to to where they need to be. But uh, yeah, she's just, yeah, Maria's really upset. Jessica's. Absolutely furious, basically. <laughs> yeah, because she and again, she doesn't understand how the others left, like even yeah. with the promise of nationals. Like this mm. is so extreme. Yeah. Um. Apparently, yeah. Um, Heather said that they had to make sacrifices if they wanted to get there and that Sandy and, and Rhea are holding them back. Oh, it's so cruel. Yeah. So like these poor girls have been booted now and it's just like, what the fuck are we supposed to do now? Like, this is terrible. So it is. It is extremely lousy. Yeah. And Jessica is all wild up and says, don't worry, I'm not going to let her get away with this. Mm. So the next day she's back in school because she's made a recovery, more or less. And Mm. she marches up to Heather and her locker all guns blazing. She says she can see through that fake sweetness act everyone else is buying. And Heather's all like, I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Um, But Jessica's like, you can't do this. You can't fire people from the squad without consulting me. And it was totally out of line. And Sandy and Maria were on the squad long before you arrived here. They're going to be on it after you're gone. And she feels rejuvenated because... Apparently she hasn't let off steam like that in a long time. Yeah, exactly. Apparently speaking her mind, (laughs) especially when someone had crossed her, was one of the things she did best. (laughs) (laughs) So it is kind of a release, I think, for Jessica that she's just had all this like pent up frustration and anger at Heather. And now she's just getting to absolutely let her have it beside the lockers like she's literally just walking up to her yelling in school as soon as she sees her which is kind of amazing Um, yeah so she's starting to like feel just even more kind of powered up now that she's just telling her exactly what she thinks but like Heather is just infuriating because she is just like smiling and smug the whole time and she's like oh you're getting so worked up you don't want to make yourself sick again which is like the most frustrating way you can be to someone who is legitimately angry (laughs) it's so enraging and uh, she says that um, because Jessica like the you know, the crux of her argument is you cannot do this yeah. without me, your co-captain. Mm. And Heather's like, according to the guidelines and regulations of the Sweet Valley <laughs> cheerleading rule book, who wrote that? Not an adult anywhere near this squad. Uh, apparently one captain is gone. Very loose. Um, oh, yeah. The other captain can, has the authority to make any decisions she sees fit. Jessica's never seen this rule, probably the rule book at all in her life. <laughs> She's like, I was out for one day. And Heather says, doesn't matter. You you know, you were out. That's all that counts. Oh and Jessica says, um, you don't understand why she might think this, but she clearly overestimates her terrible teammates hmm. because she says, like, go ahead and talk to the other girls on the squad. They all... Um, uh, oh, sorry, no, it's Heather says, go ahead and talk to the other girls on the squad. They all yes. agree with me. And uh, Jessica's like, you haven't heard the last of this. <laughs> like, she's so annoyed. And it is so enraging that Heather like has her on this stupid technicality that she's pulled out of thin air. Um, So Jessica is just like, right, she is storming out of there. And she's like, this is war. Those girls are coming back on this squad. Heather is going to be history. And uh, yeah, she feels sure that if she just chats to the rest of the squad, they'll stand by her. Apparently <sighs> it's Wakefield against Malone now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She is all fired up, but it's kind of great. (laughs) But again, her optimism about the squad is sadly misplaced. Mm. Because those bitches are beyond reason at this stage. It's such a poor showing from all of those girls. 
brainwashed in five minutes with some megaphone pins. Like basically, I feel if something was up with that funky national anthem, she managed to <laughs> work some kind of fucking witchcraft on that whole crew. <laughs> uh, well, we cut to lunchtime, and uh, Liz and Todd and Winston and Maria are together, and they're all sympathising with them. Um, with Maria and Liz says like Jessica will get you back in the squad all right and Todd's like speaking of Jessica I understand she and Ken have a big date tonight because you might recall he keeps just commenting on Ken and and Jessica's relationship in a really weird like like a 12 year old girl gossiping sort of way (laughs) that is actually pretty funny he's just sitting there like twirling his hair going speaking of Jessica But yeah, apparently yeah, Ken has something super romantic planned for their date tonight. So of course Liz hears this and she almost drops her sandwich. Uh, she does shop. drop her sandwich. Oh, she does drop yeah. Oh, the tuna. Um, <laughs> so she tries to like tell herself, look, you said you were going to let Ken go. So you can't let this kind of stuff upset you anymore. Uh, and yet she literally cannot sit there and listen to everyone talk about what a great couple Ken and Jessica make because it's just driving mm. her absolutely mad. Yeah. So she um she just feels herself getting jealous again and uh just feels really sad about the whole thing and knows that yeah. she just can't sit here and listen to this. So she just excuses herself and says she has to go do something. Um, and of course Todd is like, Are you okay? Do you want me to come with you? <laughs> <laughs> but she just rushes out of there and mm. uh just tries to shake off the feeling, but she can't. She couldn't shake Ken out of her system. <gasps> Well, speaking of shaking it off, we cut to the next day in the school bathroom but Jessica's doing her signature hair move where she leans over and shakes her locks back. Yeah, well, now she's even brushing the underneath of it. So uh, an extra step has been added to the process. (laughs) (laughs) This upside down hair thing. It's so funny that this had a chokehold on teen girls in the 90s. It's all Jessica Wakefield's fault. <laughs> not with me, because I did not want my hair to be oh, any God, more no. enormous than it mm-hmm. already was. No, it didn't need any help on my end either. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so she is in the bathroom. It's like Friday afternoon and yeah. all the girls apparently just kind of gather in the bathroom around this time just to kind of like touch up their makeup and brush their hair or whatever. And uh, yeah, so apparently there's the big football game is the next day and Lila's mm-hmm. having a party after the game. So I think this is Jessica's kind of opportunity to have a chat with some of the cheerleaders that are there yes. Lila's there too um, just to kind of try and figure out what the fuck is going on and she's just like what's the story here like Sandy and Maria are your friends like so how come you let this happen or like why didn't you put up a fight for them when yeah. I wasn't there basically and just let Heather walk all over everybody mm. and the thing is she she decides that this is the best approach because obviously attacking Heather hasn't worked yeah. so yeah. she's trying to sort of rationally appeal to their uh, sense of fairness hmm. um, and yeah, and the fact that these girls are all friends and have known each other for ages and they've all just like iced them out it's bizarre yeah because they just like um, say oh Heather seems to know what she's doing says Jeannie she's had a lot more experience in these things so I guess I trust her decision and Jessica and I are <laughs> appalled by this and it's like she's been here a couple of weeks she doesn't know our school or our squad and you don't know her um, and you've known Marie and Sandy forever how can you turn your backs on them and they're just obsessed with the nationals they're, they just have nationals on the brain. It is truly like they've been brainwashed into a cult or something. Because as Jessica points <laughs> out, like Jeannie is kind of banging this drum for Heather and saying, oh, the nationals and Heather's going to take us there. And Jessica's like, Jeannie, who is your very best friend in the whole world? And Jeannie can barely bring herself to admit that like Sandy is. Because of course, Jeannie yeah. and Sandy are a double act. They're 
Famously, deal. They're always. There was a whole fucking book about their friendship with that (laughs) amazing cover and the PBA jacket. That was a stunning cover. I mean, my god. (laughs) Did they wear that extremely shiny jacket only for this betrayal to happen? For for seventy books later. I mean, come on, (laughs) you guys are stronger than this, or so we thought. Well, Jessica says, uh, speaks for us all, I think. Mm. She says, Sandy's your best friend, and yet you're willing to just forget about your friendship because of some person who just rode into town in a Mazda Miata telling you can make it to the Nationals. That is incredible. <laughs> and Amy's like, oh, I thought you'd be, ex- of all people, would want to go to Nationals. And Jessica's like, not at this price. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and um, she's only, can you imagine who she would have stabbed in the back to get to Nationals if it had been, if Heather had been there? She would have been <laughs> booting those girls out of that team herself. But, but she's, she's raging she didn't think of it first. <laughs> But uh, she's been trying to keep calm and rational and finally Mm. she loses her cool. She does. Yeah, she's just like, she's fooled all of you. She's, I love that she's like, she's nothing but a self-centered, conniving troublemaker. And it's like, that could also describe you now, Jessica. (laughs) Let's be real for a second. But still, she just can't stop herself. Um, She's like, she tried it the other way. It wasn't working. Maybe tough talk is the only way to get through to these people. Um, So she kind of, yeah, just says, look, she's, she's fooled all of you. You're all blinded by these promises that she's making you. And the the rest of the girls are just like, I like Heather. Oh, me too. Oh, so do I. And then Amy again comes in with this dig of like, oh, you know, I, I think you're just jealous of Heather. And Jessica is just even more enraged by this. And she's like, me jealous of somebody as two-faced and rude as Heather Malone. She is plenty two-faced and rude on her own. She doesn't need to be (laughs) Heather Malone. (laughs) But she points out that's the second time that Amy has said that to her. And she's like, and I hope it's the last because nothing could be further from the truth. Um, And the rest of them are just like, oh, you know, it's really selfish of you to like trying to stop the rest of us from following our dream just because you have a problem (laughs) with Heather. And Jessica's just like, what the fuck is happening? She feels like there's like a horrible conspiracy going on that she can't stop. And she's like, how can they all be so mean to their friends and all just like buy into this bullshit act mm. from Heather? So she's just like, this is a lost cause. And she just doesn't know what to do anymore. So she's like, look, I hope you think long and hard about what I've said here. She's like, just imagine how you'd feel if you were Maria or Sandy and how it would feel to have everyone just like forget about you and mm. all the hard work you've put into cheering over the year. So she slams the door behind her and she's out of there, just disgusted with them. But like she did, she tried to be re- Reasonable and it got her nowhere. So you can't really blame her for flipping the lid because yeah. Oh. <laughs> like literally, she she didn't flip the lid until after Jeannie had basically said, Yes, I will happily stab my best friend yeah. back. <laughs> basically, yeah. There was also a wonderful moment where Lila uh, stopped somebody from using a lipstick and was like, You look like Joan Crawford, wipe it off and try mine. <laughs> Which, what a reference from Lila Fowler there. <laughs> oh, iconic. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, speaking of that iconic flat-faced bitch, we <laughs> find her outside and uh, she um, she's she bumps into Jessica and is like and wonders why she's going to um, not go to cheerleading practice because she mm. tells her, Jessica's just sort of hanging around outside the school and um, and she tells Lila, Jessica tells Lila she wants to be alone. But Lila says, look, that was brilliant. You really stood up for them. And if I were on the squad, I'd be on your side. And mm. Jessica is touched because, you know, they may be frenemies, but Lila <laughs> does come through when needed. 
<laughs> when it matters. Yeah. So she does thank her and says that does mean a lot to her. And um, Lila then admits that she actually agrees with Jessica about Heather. So Jessica's yeah. surprised at this because, of course, the last she heard, Lila thought Heather was the fucking coolest thing ever with her swanky dinner parties mm-hmm. <laughs> for children. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, Lila's like, yeah, you know, I thought so at first and she can certainly be charming when she wants to. And apparently the more Lila's been watching Heather, the more she's seeing her true personality. And she does think it was really rotten what she did to uh, to like boot Maria and Sandy from the team. Um, yeah. And she does see now that she's been competing against Jessica and turning the girls on her. And she's mm. like, that is just the lowest. So yeah. in fairness to Lila, she does now see how Heather is operating and does kind of say, look, yeah, I'm on your side, basically. So it's just yeah. nice that Jessica has some support. Because the other thing, of course, with Jess is that she feels like she can't talk to Liz about any of this because mm. Liz is being so fucking snippy and weird with her over Ken. Of course, Jessica's blind to all this and doesn't know anything about it. So she's just like, can't talk to my sister because she's been fucking weirdo with the minute. <laughs> so at least now she has Lila on side. And actually they do kind of convey that sense, Jessica's sense of feeling kind of isolated mm. uh, very effectively. Because mm. it's quite a nightmarish situation. It's kind of like, you know, invasion of the body snatchers kind of vibes. Everybody's suddenly become obsessed with Heather. Yeah. And Jessica's the only one who can see the truth. <laughs> but now she has <laughs> Lila. Go. Now she has yes. Lila on her side. Um, so yeah, Lila says, look, they're just obsessed with the nationals. Heather's convinced them she's the only way they can get there. But uh, yeah, they're willing to shaft their friends to do it. So Jessica's like, well, she can fair, she can have them then because there's no point in going to practice now. Like mm. she's done her best. But uh, Lila tries to rally her spirits by saying, well, excuse me, what have you done with Jessica Wakefield? The Jessica I know, I know would be marching onto that football field, demanding that Maria and Sandy be put back in the squad. And uh, this works. Jessica feels a surge of energy. She, she says she's not going to sit here and let Heather destroy the lives of her squad members and take her squad away from her. She's fought bigger battles than this one and I'm not going to let Heather get me down she has uh, dealt with a murderous doppelganger surely a bitchy oh. cheerleader can be sorted out in one afternoon <laughs> and a serial killer and a sex pest she has overcome many obstacles in fairness to her <laughs> well she says she's going to give them an ultimatum either Maria and Sandy are back in the squad or Jessica's off it for good mm. and Lila shouts three cheers for Jessica Wakefield and does a cartwheel yeah, Jessica's actually impressed and she's like, oh, maybe you should be on the squad. And I was like, I think you have enough problems as it is. So, so for Jessica's all hyped up now and she uh, she got a little pep talk from Lila. So now she's back all fired up again and she like mm. basically sprints across to practice to be uh, to be there in time. Also, that was a little bit of foreshadowing for those who remember the rest of this mm. trilogy. The Maybe <laughs> Lila should be on a squad. Maybe mm. she should. Maybe yes. she should. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jessica does arrive at practice full of vigor and vim and mm. uh, Heather isn't there yet. So she's delighted and she starts to sort of address the remaining squad members. But then Heather shouts from behind her. Sorry, I'm late. I was picking up these new uniforms. <laughs> God, yeah. So she turns around to see Heather carrying these enormous boxes. So everyone crowds around and they pull out these new cheer uniforms. And Jessica thinks they're absolutely tacky. So she's delighted because she's like, these things are so hideous looking. The other girls are going to take one look at these things and just be like, absolutely not. She's like, I don't even need to give them an ultimatum. They're just going to be so disgusted by these horrible, ugly uniforms. They won't want to have anything to do with the squad. But the girls, of course, think they're the most amazing things they've ever seen. They're totally sexy. Jeannie's like, I would wear this to a party. Um, like, I feel like- that Jessica would also wear these. Like, well, This is the one thing I do not think Jessica would be like, those uniforms are too sexy. I know, it is pretty funny. It's 
Like, what do you mean showing off my midriff? Oh, this perfect thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it is so funny. I don't know whether this, I mean, I, obviously I know it's generally not an accurate depiction of American teens, but the thought of an Irish teenager in the 90s being like, oh, this is amazing. I look so sexy and it. it's absolutely unthinkable. Everybody's just like, oh yeah, I suppose it might look all right, but you know, Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> Well, this is American California Sweet Valley confidence we're talking about. Here. Oh, it's a far Not cry from they know it. Pasty <laughs> Irish 90s teens. Pasty, freckly Irish teens. And yeah, sort of complexions that make our legs look like ham in the summer. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's not and, quite the vibe. And our giant hair. <laughs> We would not do well on a California Cheers squad. <laughs> Though Heather's surname implies she has Irish ancestry. <laughs> <laughs> the one that got away. There you go. <laughs> well, Jessica is stunned. She's like, how could these anyone think these ugly things are fabulous? Has Heather brainwashed them into having her tacky taste? <laughs> um, so Heather's like, uh, we did not just, or Jessica's like, we didn't discuss new uniforms. And second mm-hmm. of all, we can't pay for them. But of course... Their gift from Heather. Oh my God. So she is just throwing money at this squad between her little taggy fucking pins, one of which has been stomped into the ground nearby. <laughs> still. Um, and now fucking uniforms for the entire squad. So yeah, she, uh, Heather then slags off the old uniforms. She's like, oh, I couldn't <gasps> bear seeing these gorgeous girls wearing those drab juvenile uniforms anymore. Oh. They looked like children in those things. And Jessica like clenches her fists and is like, I chose those uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, as she did before, where she was mm. all like, why why don't you do Jessica's little cheer? She's yeah. like, oh, maybe Jessica's right. Why don't you put those back? You can stick with Jessica's uniform. She was your captain before I came along. And these absolute freaks, as my notes call them, are like, no way. We want these new ones, shouts Amy. Don't we, girls? And yes, everybody shouted at the same time. They're like small children, like, aren't they? The <laughs> yes! way they react to everything. It is so embarrassing. <laughs> Heather is like, uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And Jessica realizes she's been set up to look like sort of a boring old conservative. Yeah. And uh, understandably, she is apparently too angry to speak. She just glared at Heather with a hateful expression. <laughs> just absolutely simmering with anger. <laughs> Well, Heather isn't stopping there because she says uniforms alone aren't going to get us into the nationals. Uh, Apparently, it doesn't matter how great you look out there. If you're not in shape, you're not worth diddly. Yikes. Oh, my God. So, yeah, this again, just a heads up, is some really fucking questionable, iffy. Oh, diet and exercise stuff. Yeah, exactly. So feel free to skip ahead a bit. Seriously. it's so grim. Yeah, she then she passes out all these fucking pages with like a daily diet and exercise regime. Um, Jessica thinks it looks like something designed for a labor camp. And again, Heather's like, oh, Jessica, I didn't consult you about this, but I'm sure you want the squad to go to nationals as much as I do. It's like Glee with all the fucking nationals and regionals talk and all that kind of carry on. <laughs> Well, Jessica decides she's going to play it cool because she knows mm. Heather's trying to get a rise out of her. Yes. So she's like smirking back at her and be like, that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it turns out that Heather has put together this um, this regime, which uh, she says is going to seem hard at first, but you realise it's worth it. Uh, it says every girl is going to have to jog three miles a day. Can't believe I'm saying this, 
but that isn't that far. <laughs> like I did a coach coach to 5k and I do not enjoy running. Oh. But even I that's like that is 5k. It takes is half it? an hour. It would okay. be in my but 40s. Also, these are 16-year-olds on a cheerleading team. They don't need to run 5k. Oh my god. I didn't run a thing till I was 35. No, no, like I I won't even run for a fucking Lewis now. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm simply not built for it. <laughs> now, I do have dear friends and uh, listeners to this podcast who are uh, who are very into running and do mm. great, great joy out of it. I, however, do not. And uh, expecting a bunch of teenagers, which is really the one time in your life where you don't need to do that. So, like, you can get away with a lot. Yeah. Before your bones start giving up. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to mess up your knees, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Jessica is kind of seeing all this and she's like, they're going to be running right off this field and straight to the dairy burger by the time she's done with this stupid nonsense. Um, Because Heather then continues. So so like in addition to this like daily jogging uh, thing, they also have to lift weights for an hour a day. um, Because there's weights... An hour! Like... This is just bananas. Um, yeah. And and Heather's being really like, oh, you know, and also I have a Nautilus machine in my house, which you're all free to use whenever you want. So everyone's like, oh, that's so generous of you. Thank you so much for this fucking horrendous, like just absolute regime of disordered eating and over-exercise. Like it's... Oh, grim. it is nuts that they're suddenly like, yeah, I really want to run 5K a day uh, from, you know, going from zero to 5K yeah. straight away. And... Um, do fucking hour-long weight training sessions. Um, so Jessica uh, is loving this because even though the girls are enthusiastic at first, she's like, okay, they're not going to put up with this for like more than a day. So she decides, hmm. we're told she's going to keep her mouth shut, let her dig her own grave because she can't believe nobody's protested about the exercise, neither can I, but it's only a matter of time. <laughs> um, because apparently their practices are going to start out with 75 push-ups, 30 push or 75 sit-ups, 30 push-ups and 50 jumping jacks. Oh my God. God, yeah. And Heather kind of, you know, pauses and looks around the circle and she's like, you know, I know this is a lot. So if anybody wants to, you know, tap out now, you know, now's the time. So Jessica's kind of looking around waiting for like the protest to begin. And yet nobody fucking says anything. <gasps> and she can't believe this. So she's like, Jessica kind of scans down the page and she's like, okay, well, wait till she gets to this fucking diet part of the plan. She's like, that'll definitely oh. scare them. And they'll suddenly start chatting and be like, mm, maybe not. But uh, yeah, Heather proceeds to this horrendous section of her plan and uh yeah like bizarrely it's like oh in order to achieve the perfect healthy body uh she's Uh like basically you're all on a strict no fat diet so if anyone has any fat uh in their diet now they're off the squad so they can only have skim milk in their coffee and milkshakes are out of the question and it's like and how are you supposed to have the fucking energy to do all this bananas amounts of exercise every single day when you're only eating fucking nothing like salad. at one stage at what yeah and not even just salad at one stage she does say when you have a salad you can only have lemon juice on it like you can't even have any oil but also your hair and your skin are going to be absolutely appalling if you have a absolutely zero fat diet like you'll be a shriveled husk <laughs> and uh, also you have no fucking proteins on this diet either so unless like she says, you can eat as many pizza or as many fruit, vegetables and grains as you want, because that's all she eats and she never feels deprived. Uh, that would be, I would believe that if she was actually eating, you know, interesting curries and mm. such like, and you know, a mixture of like spices and different tastes. But I will guarantee this is like a few boiled, you know, steamed carrots. 
<laughs> and uh, with no seasoning. Um, oh, it's and- horrendous. She also points out that if you must eat pizza, ask to have it without cheese. I do it all the time. And Jessica's like, pizza without cheese. She'd never heard anything so ridiculous. They'll never go for this. <laughs> Because apparently the full diet, she has a typical day of eating, says your bodies will be stronger than ever. I find this very hard to believe with this no carbs, no proteins, no fats diet. Your digestion will be fucked as well. Uh, (laughs) Apparently you can start with one half of a grapefruit for breakfast and a glass of water. For Mm -hmm. lunch, you can have whatever vegetables you want, as long as you don't put anything on them. Jesus Christ, just eating an onion like an apple. (laughs) You're crying. (laughs) For many reasons. Um, You can have brown rice with your vegetables, unseasoned brown rice, doubtless. Mm -hmm. You can have a salad for dinner, but you have to use lemon juice for your dressing. And uh, you can have a carrot stick in the afternoon. (laughs) Jessica literally just bursts out laughing when she hears this and honestly, fair play. (laughs) So she looks at the others, expecting them to laugh as well. I mean, the thing that really sets her off is pizza without cheese. So I guess there's no vegans in Sweet Valley at all. (laughs) Though a part of me does think pizza without cheese is just a sort of weird bruschetta. Like it's That's it's just bread and tomato. Like. <laughs> I do feel it's not quite pizza standard unless there's some sort of uh, cheesiness on it. But, you know, each to their own. However, this is not the, the reason that Heather is... Uh, Heather is not doing this for any sort of food principles. It's purely because she has an eating disorder, clearly. There you go. This isn't about being a vegan. It's about being a huge bitch. Yeah. How is she standing? Like, how could you run your 5K jogs every morning when you literally haven't had a carbohydrate for weeks? No, absolutely not. Like, you'd be absolutely exhausted and barely able to lift your head eating only those things every single day and doing all that exercise. Like, no, absolutely not happening. Well, uh, she plays it well, given the clearly mm. incredibly shallow and uh, and you know, not very principled audience she's speaking to. <laughs> she's like, maybe it is too severe. Maybe you'd like to go back to the way things were. You probably won't make it to state finals even, but maybe that's what you want. It's what Jessica wants. Jessica actually starts feeling she's getting a fever again. She literally is like <laughs> hallucinating. <laughs> Yeah, she just can't believe this, like, because she's just like, how how is she getting away with this? And she's like, I will not be humiliated again. So she points out, look, lads, cheerleading is supposed to be fun. This sounds like something from a military boot camp. After two days of all this diet and exercise thing, you're all going to hate cheerleading. But they're all, again, just like completely team Heather all the way through. Helen is like, oh, I've been wanting to get in better shape for a while. You know, this sounds great. And Amy's like, yeah, me too. And they're all just chiming on about how amazing Heather looks and how this is definitely something they all want to do now. They're saying like, I'd do anything if I could have a body like Heather's. She's totally sexy and all the guys think so. I mean, I know I was a teen in repressed early 90s Ireland, but the idea that you would stand there openly and be like, I do want to be totally sexy like you. (laughs) I'd sooner set myself on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jessica's as appalled as we are, not for the same embarrassed reasons. She does say it's only cheerleading. It's not life and death. Is it worth putting yourself through all this? Uh, she's like, we want to go to nationals. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, the, wanting to go to nationals trumps everything else. They all mm. vote for the new regime. Then Heather says she wants to see seven, them all do 75 sit-ups. 
Oh my God. And Jessica watches like in absolute baffled amazement as every girl started doing sit-ups. And the worst part apparently is that they all looked completely happy to be doing them. So she's just oh. like, oh shit, so much for my ultimatum anyway. And just the thoughts of them all just like brainwashed and beaming while doing sit-ups. It's very like <laughs> women laughing with salad or something. <laughs> just that kind of like, oh God, this is all slightly deranged and no good can come of this. <laughs> they really do seem brainwashed. Like yeah. it's not, they've gone so quickly to a tea weathered. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, <laughs> we are going to take a short break because, as you know, we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network and we like to share another show from the network with you every uh, half, uh, roughly halfway through every episode. <laughs> sometimes it's at the very end. Sometimes we forget and sometimes we think, oh yeah, let's do that at halfway point. <laughs> well, this week we are telling you about a show that is close to our hearts. We have been guests on it. Um, oh. Host Kean Sullivan has been a guest on our show. Uh, it's Sissy That Pod. Oh, love, love, love Sissy That Pod. So yes, uh, as I'm sure you're aware by now, uh, Sissy That Pod is a RuPaul's Drag Race recap podcast hosted by Kean Sullivan. So he's back for a new season. Drag Race UK is on at the minute. It's like a great... Uh, yeah, I'm, when I'm going for my walk, like the day after Drag Race, it's like, right, I'm listening to Keen and what's yeah. the story? What have the lads <laughs> got to say about this week's episode? Um, so yeah, absolutely get on that. There are new episodes out every Friday, right after it airs. Um, and yeah, it's just a great time. There's great chats and great laughs to be had. So we're big fans of Sissy That Pod here and you can get a little taste of Sissy That Pod here now. Drag Race UK is back. And if you are watching and you want to hear some outrageous opinions, some glittering guests and some piping hot tea, tune in to Sissy That Pod with new episodes every Friday right after the episode airs. Brought to you by the Headstuff Podcast Network. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Hate me because I listen to Sissy That Pod. And now... Back to Sweet Valley, where worthy of a catwalk and drag race, Jessica <laughs> enters the sitting room of the casa, ready for her date with Ken. And oh. um, Liz is appalled by how good she looks. Apparently, her outfit shows off her lanky figure. No. Lanky? No. I took issue with that too. I was like, these twins are not lanky. Like, lanky would suggest that they're like really tall and like. Yeah all like fucking limbs but like they're not tall girls they're five foot six they're five six they're very much average height yes like no lanky does not describe these twins and that's the first time they've ever been referred to as lanky (laughs) and i didn't care for it either (laughs) it was disconcerting somehow yeah it's like that's like that's like a tall lanky like yeah skinny kind of girl who like looms over everybody because she's just a bit taller and it's all a bit awkward kind of is everything i would associate with being yes lanky and it feels like a pejorative word does a little bit it does it doesn't feel like a neutral description otherwise you'd just say tall Exactly. Yeah. No, like I called me lanky when I was um, a teenager and I didn't like <gasps> it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Were you not at the time saying, but I would die incredibly sexy? <laughs> Actually, I'm going for a sophisticated yet sexy here. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> well, hilariously, we're told that Liz thinks she's like, I know I could look like that if I made an effort because, you know, you don't want to forget how hot she also is. True. <laughs> Apparently, she is really not dressed up for her own date with Todd that night because Jessica asks, like, aren't you going for, like, don't you have to get ready for your date? You know, I thought you were going on one of your nerdy literary dates. <laughs> They've sort of retconned Todd into being as bookish as Liz in this book, which doesn't totally. really hold water. No. Um, but uh, apparently she's already dressed for it. 
Um, it's quite casual, shall we say? Very, very casual. Yeah, she gets kind of defensive as well. Um, she's like, you know, Todd likes me just the way I am. I don't have to put on a bunch of makeup just to get him to like me because she just can't help herself being bitchy about any of Jessica's dates with Ken. So yeah. Jessica points out that Ken likes her just the way she is too, but it doesn't mean she wants to go out dressed like a janitor on the date. <laughs> Jessica teased. I mean, really, you look terrible. <laughs> this does seem all very in character for sort of classic Jessica, and I have yes. to say, I'm glad to have her back. Never thought I'd say it. I but know. Just- <laughs> Just after the fucking nonsense we've had over the last like 15 mm. books or whatever it was, like all the Jeremy stuff, then all her being in love with the little Lord Pembroke, like oh, and, then, and then before that we had uh oh no, she did go on that, they were in that resort. Oh yeah. That it was <laughs> Sam. But we just haven't had this sort of fun Jessica for a yeah, while. That's true. Yeah. The stakes are low. Jessica's being kind of fun bitchy and yeah. yeah. It's nice. <laughs> well, uh, she tells them all about her bad day with Heather and, uh, and you know, what she's done to the other, to the to the poor uh, spurned cheerleaders. Mm. And Liz, completely bizarrely, is like, why don't you take Maria along on your date to cheer her up? <laughs> Jessica, like, quite reasonably bursts out laughing and she's like, yeah, right, I'm really going to do that. She's like, I hope you're joking. Um, and she's like, besides, Maria has a boyfriend. I'm sure she's seeing Winston tonight. And then, like, Liz keeps pushing it and she's like, oh, uh, Winston had to uh, go visit his grandparents. Like, a total lie. And she's like, yeah, I, like- I, know she, I know she'd like the company. And Jessica's quite rightly kind of saying, well, if you're so worried about her, why don't you get her to join your date? Like, clearly I'm not doing this, so let it go. <laughs> also, it's such extreme behaviour because it all it takes is Jessica to be, you know, meeting Winston like that's cool, which they both attend and say, oh, you know, I heard that she were away or bringing something up about his grandparents or Winston saying, yeah, me and Maria were out on Friday and Liz is like, we'll come out and sound completely insane. Mm, but then you see you're also banking on Jessica having any interest in anything Winston oh, has to say. good point, good point. <laughs> she might ask Maria though, because they are talking well, to true. each other at the moment. Yeah. Um, so Liz tries saying, oh, I know Maria feels really close to you and like she's being so weird and yeah. she realizes she's being weird, but she starts, she's so desperate. She starts <laughs> saying that Jessica looks too sick to leave the house. Oh God. Yeah. So again, then Alice is on high alert for once and she's like, oh my God, really? Are you getting sick again? Um, but Jessica insists that she feels fine. But like Alice is all kind of fluttering around her again and she's like checking her temperature and like has her hand on her forehead and Jessica's like, I feel absolutely fine. Then Liz again starts lying and she's like, you were coughing all night. I could barely sleep oh. from all the noise you were making. And Jessica's like, what? Really? I don't remember that at all. <laughs> And again, she's like, you know, you probably have whatever bug it was that you had yesterday. You know, I doubt Ken would really want to be exposed to it. But she meant like Jessica is like, I don't have a fever. Leave me alone. She gets Alice to like feel her forehead. She's like, see, I feel fine. I'm grand. I don't have a fever. Fucking back off. Well, Liz keeps pushing it. And Jessica finally says, if I didn't know better, I think you didn't want me going on this date. And Liz is all, who, me? Yeah, but yeah, Jessica's just like, look, you don't have to worry about me. I can take care of myself, especially with the help of the handsome Ken Matthews. (laughs) And then, thankfully, Ned points out that a car has just pulled up, and it's Ken, so Jessica can get the fuck out of there and away from this weird conversation. (laughs) So Liz feels all sad as she watches her go, but Jessica's just like out that door. She's like, all right, see you later. Don't wait up. (laughs) Down. 
Well, we cut to the bookstore. Oh my God, this scene goes on for so long, so we'll just skim through it. But Liz and Todd are at a reading uh, by some author they like, but Liz is just thinking of Jessica and Ken's date, which is happening Mm -hmm. right now. We're told that her and Todd's shared interest in books and writers was one of Elizabeth's favourite things about her relationship. When has that Mm. shared interest ever been evident? The opposite has been the case. Like it's called bookshelves that they don't share it. Totally. Yeah. So the whole time that she's at this reading anyway, Todd is like being all, you know, he's paying attention to what's going on. He kind of looks over at her for like funny bits and all this, but she's just completely spacing out. Mm. Uh, all she can think about is like, I wonder what they're doing now. I bet it's something more romantic than this. And she's just <laughs> completely in her head. Um, she can't make herself focus on the evening and kind of berates herself then because she's like, you know, Todd is such a great guy. Why can't I just be happy with him and forget about Ken? Mm. Um, but she just can't do it. So even after yeah. the reading, Todd is kind of like, oh, so which story did you like the most? And Liz like didn't hear yeah. anything basically. So just kind of yeah. like, it's just like, oh, I liked them all so much. It's so hard to pick one. <laughs> and it keeps going on like this. Like Todd will ask her something or just mention. And in fairness, this is quite realistic that you would chat about the event you have yes. just attended. But of course, Liz is vague about everything. She hasn't paid any attention. Mm. And uh, she changes the subject like a giant masochist um, sort of like picking at a scab yeah. to Jessica and Ken's date um, because apparently Todd was really or Todd says that Ken was really uh, secretive about it but he's planned something really special and Liz is all like oh, did he say anything about his feelings for her and keeps pushing you know pushing the issue hmm. and finally Todd is like why so interested in Ken and Jessica and in fairness Todd you were the one who kept bringing them up for the previous like <laughs> 150 pages of this book I guess so but yeah but like she's being so insistent about like how does he feel about her and like Todd at one point says something but he makes some comment about how Ken really has the hots for Jessica and she's like what do you mean by that did he say that himself like tell me everything Uh... and it's just it's so awkward like she's not playing this cool at all and like yeah at one point Todd is like like why do you have such a big interest in Ken and Jessica and what they're doing um, yeah. and she's oh you know she plays it off as like normal sisterly concern uh, and says that she's afraid Jessica will get hurt again um, but Todd is like well, you know you've nothing to worry about Ken is great like and you know it's nice that you're so worried about your sister but of course inside she's like oh not as, it's not as touching as you might think it is um, and again she's like back to like how can you tell he has the hots for her because he keeps kind of reassuring her that everything's going to be fine for Jessica mm. but she just can't she's a dog with a bone here like and will yeah. not let this go and just wants to know so yeah it really it's, is just it's it masochistic is, it totally is like she doesn't want to hear it but yeah. she can't let it go <laughs> and eventually she finds out that like like Todd kind of says describes it as Ken getting this kind of like look on his face when he mentions Jessica and she's like what kind of look <laughs> so he's like oh you know kind of gooey and embarrassed I guess it's a guy thing I probably look the same way when I'm talking about you mm. but and again like he's like yeah you want to go to Casey's but she's just like can't bear any of this any longer has to go home and wait up for her sister apparently so she like pleads that she's not feeling well and it's probably caught whatever Jessica had so mm. she just gets him to take her home uh and like it's just ugh, it's so grim like <laughs> it really is but the opposite of Grimm is uh, taking place in a secluded beach where <laughs> Ken has a surprise for Jessica. And we're told that on the drive up, they like they chatted and Jessica, this is actually really nice, said she didn't think she'd ever dated anyone she felt so comfortable with. It was a whole new concept to her, dating someone who's also a friend. It's like, it's... welcome to a healthy relationship, oh, Jessica. It's so cute. I can't believe I'm rooting for the two of them so hard, but this is very <laughs> sweet and I really like it. It's like, yes, you can fancy somebody and actually like them as a person. <laughs> 
Jessica. It, it really helps, would you believe, that you like them as a person and now you fancy them and are dating them. Hooray. But uh, he gets her to close her eyes and when uh, she opens them, he's after like laying out this whole lovely picnic for them. There's like oh. lanterns on the sand. There's a gourmet meal all spread out. It's all very cute. He's also brought along <laughs> a boombox, which was playing some cool jazz. These teens and their cool jazz. There is simply no other genre for these kids. They just cannot get enough of that cool jazz. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm right there on that moonlight beach eating my pasta and debris on delightful French bread. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I do feel that we have had this you know, the romantic picnic surprise many times before. It's sort of the go-to, yeah. like, fancy little, you know, mm-hmm. romantic date. But um, apparently Ken got all the bits and bobs at a gourmet deli. And <laughs> he hands her some sparkling cider and says he'd like to propose a toast to the beginning of a beautiful relationship. And Jessica says, you're quoting Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca. No, you're not, Ken. That's not the line. It is very, very famously, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh, but it's Ken. (laughs) It might be his favourite movie, but that doesn't mean he can't get the most iconic lines from it completely wrong. (laughs) Well, Jessica, apparently, it's her favourite film. She's, Uh uh, and uh, it's, Ken's favourite film too. Now, I think we have, obviously we had it in the TV series. It was uh, codified as Lila's favourite film. But I'm pretty sure somebody, possibly Liz, decided it was her favourite film before. It's definitely been in it as somebody's favourite film. Yeah, this and kind of Gone with the Wind are the kind of two like classic movies Mm. I feel like that come up a good bit in this series as like someone's favourite movie or like, yeah, something they're watching some afternoon. But yes. It's definitely uh, come up before, yeah. And unlike Gone with the Wind, this is a very explicitly anti-Nazi film. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, way better on so many levels. <laughs> a million levels. I mean, it is one of my favourite films as well. But what is hilarious is that when Ken says, like, oh, it's my favourite film. I've seen it about, well, movie. I've seen it about five times. Jessica's like, I think you're the first guy I've met who loved that movie. As if it's like some sort of really mushy, girly rom-com Romance as opposed to something. a fucking war film. Yeah. I don't think the ghostwriter has actually seen it I don't think so either No, they just think it is like some kind of Yeah, like mushy romance movie (laughs) Well, Jessica digs into the the grub Uh, She says that it's definitely not on Heather's starvation diets uh, Or diet because uh, she's Mm. read that brie has more fat in it than any other cheese she's loving every last fat gram she's really relishing yeah just how how much heather would be horrified by this whole picnic (laughs) so they chat they talk about heather's scheme which Mm. uh ken thinks sounds ridiculous and says if she's not careful she's going to have a squad of anorexic cheerleaders which makes jessica think about robin and her bout with anorexia like feel any guilt about the first time she had an eating disorder jessica Anything? No, no, no. Ring the bell there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she wishes Robin hadn't left because then Heather wouldn't be captain. Yeah. Um, but Ken reassures her, just wait it out. They'll see the light, the, you know, the other girls. Yeah. And uh, the squad were better than ever at that last match uh, before Heather turned up. Mm. And, you know, he knows what, how 
what what a real uh, effect of cheer to Eam is like because he's at the pitch. Um, then he says, <laughs> if I don't kiss you right now, I'm going to have to run into the water and drown myself. I love that so much. That is so just giant Labrador behaviour, I feel like. <laughs> it really comes out of nowhere. It's just like, yeah, yeah, Heather's terrible. Now I'm going to commit suicide die by suicide rather than wait a minute more I love it it's so funny and dramatic out of nowhere I'm just like all right Ken I love it good for you (laughs) you kiss your girlfriend well Jessica's like we can't have that your parents would never forgive me not to mention the football team (laughs) so uh, they kiss and eventually she pulls herself away from Ken's embrace before they went any further (gasps) Hands go and blow the waist above the waist over the clothes, probably. <laughs> but Jessica says, uh, you know, think better for each. I want you to fill up my plate with high fat food. This girl is not on a diet. <laughs> Which, if we didn't have the really, you know, unhealthy messages about body mm-hmm. image in the rest of the books, would actually be quite cool. It actually would, but it's just so inconsistent with Jessica usually. So we just have to enjoy it while we have it, I guess. <laughs> True. Well, we cut back to the castle where Liz is wondering uh, what's happening with Ken and Jessica and feeling sick and guilty about Todd and, mm. you know, just so awful. And then we discover that she's got a box of secret mementos. <gasps> yeah, a little secret box. Apparently it's an old cigar box uh, that's in, yeah, under her bed and it's got mm-hmm. little bits and pieces. So it's like, yeah, things she didn't want anyone to see. And one of them is a corsage of dried roses Todd gave her the first time. And it's like, how is that secret? Like, yeah. he's your long-term boyfriend. <laughs> that is nothing to keep secret. But anyway, look, whatever. Um, there's some poems in there that she wrote after Sam uh, dying in the accident. There's a little heart necklace that Todd had given. Again, a lot of this stuff is just like... Okay, Mentos, like personal, yeah, regular stuff. You wouldn't keep yeah. that in with your poem about the horrific, fatal car crash you were in. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. But anyway, the uh, the uh, the headline event in this <gasps> stashed away little busca is uh, lace handkerchief is wrapping wrapping up a picture in a frame. So she slowly like unties <laughs> it and it reveals a picture. So it's uh Apparently when Ken and Liz uh, had been together, they'd gone to a boardwalk and had their pictures taken inside a booth. So it's four little shots, kind of like one after the other. Yeah, um, like a classic photo booth. Exactly, the, yeah. You know, sequence. Yeah, so she had it framed. But uh, yeah, but like in the first picture, they're looking at each other and laughing and she kind of thinks about how happy she was when she was with him and kind of smiles at the memory of the day that they had. And she's like, and I know he was happy with me too. And apparently the next three pictures uh, are, are all of them kissing, basically. Yeah. So she's really just kind of like just on her bed, feeling sad, like clutching this frame to her chest because it's like the only kind of proof that she has that this happened. Um, yeah. And it wasn't all just like in her. So she's really just feeling so sad about the whole thing Kind of just thinks back to the day that they spent together Apparently they talked about everything from books to (gasps) music and religion Religion Not with Ken Matthews (laughs) (laughs) Like I love him but he is not the brightest button (laughs) We're uh, we're also told that it was You know because they they were in a faraway town An hour from Sweet Valley They were able to sort of hold hands in public And Ken won a teddy bear in a shooting gallery And Liz had to give it to a child in the street (laughs) Who was crying by a merry-go-round Because she couldn't take it home An urchin (laughs) A bearless urchin Um, So the pictures helped Liz remember that You know, this like you said This relationship happened Hmm. And they're the only reminder she had This would be poignant If 
she wasn't being such a pain in the arse to everybody else. <laughs> also, this is your secret, you know, illicit romance photos. Why did you get them framed? Oh my God. <laughs> Just know. put this little strip in the box of mementos. Oh, it's like you've made it bigger and more awkward to hide now and more noticeable yes. for someone to be like, oh, what's in that frame? I'm just going to say that when they did this exact plot device in mm-hmm. the TV show, they did not put them in a frame. They were just yeah, photos. Fair. Because that, that makes looked, sense. Because that would have looked fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's too ridiculous for the TV show, no. you know it's bad. <laughs> So she decides to wallow some more and in fairness we've all been here. She puts on a song that she and Ken listened to that day and uh, Ken said it would always be their song and it's Natalie Cole doing Unforgettable. Mm. On the jazz spectrum. I, I mean, suppose. look, they were probably just tuned into the local jazz station. And <laughs> so she's having a little, she's in a reverie mm. and then who should burst into the room but Jessica. Oh, she has had such a lovely night. She's all like dreamy and spaced out basically when she comes in and just wants to tell Liz all about it. Uh, So apparently it was torture leaving Ken and she just wanted to stay there kissing him all night in the car. Um, But yeah, she's just like, you know, I didn't want the night to end. And, you know, we would have, you know, it's a pity that we had to both get up early tomorrow for this big game. So Liz is really kind of like, oh, you're home really late as it is and you're going to be exhausted tomorrow. And she knows she sounds like their mom, but she's just, she just can't help herself being kind Mm. of, narky and bitchy about the whole thing and Jessica's like mm, that's a weird reaction but she's too kind of delighted with how everything went to to think about it too much and she's just like oh he's the most amazing guy in the whole world and she tells Liz all about the picnic uh, the, the jazz and the lantern <laughs> <laughs> but Liz is just totally like unenthusiastic oh. like just doesn't want to hear it Jessica does pick up on this and she's like what's with you like you seem totally unexcited for me and Liz is like what do you want me to do jump up and down throw a party and like it's so nasty oh. and mean um, and she's really just trying to like puncture Jessica's happy mood yeah but like, yeah, it's 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 not and, fair. And Jessica is stunned because at one stage, Liz is like, what makes you think I want to hear every little detail of your stupid date? And Jessica thinks, where is this coming from? <laughs> like, she's acting like a total crazy person. Uh, and Jessica, you are not wrong. No. Um, especially as Liz then stands up and is shaking. Oh now, just before we go any further, she did slip that giant framed uh, photo strip under oh, her yeah. pillow. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in case you were wondering what happened to that and she just has a sort of meltdown and she tells Jessica that she's selfish she thinks the whole world revolves around her and that Liz has nothing better to do than listen to <laughs> her talk about Ken she says for all you know Ken might be seeing somebody else what the fuck Liz and know. how like you might be like Jeremy and Jessica is like I do not know why you were being like this like what is happening Jessica uh, like she's properly upset and Liz runs away. Well, it's not so much runs away crying as runs away raging. Yeah, she just like storms out of like her own room. Uh, and poor Jessica is literally on the verge of tears because she was in such great form and such a good mood. And like she'd been happier than she had been in months. And everything's kind of gone arseways in school for her at the minute with the squad and Heather and everything else. And now she has this one kind of nice thing happening. And Liz has just been horrible about it. Yeah. And like... Just, yeah, it's so cruel from Liz. So she's really Mm. upset and she just feels exhausted as well because she's just like what Liz said has just really kind of taken the wind out of her. So she does kind of like very tired, kind of just like fall back on Liz's bed. But she can feel something under the pillow. 
something hard. Again, why you shouldn't put your secret affair photos in a frame. (laughs) Because when Jessica reaches under the pillow, she sees that it's a picture frame. And when she turns it over, she sees Liz and Ken remember the photos they are kissing there's this is not open to interpretation and mm-hmm. she realizes that uh well time being what it is in sweet valley it's amazing that this <laughs> means anything but she recognizes the shirt that liz bought several months earlier yeah um, so she yeah. works out this picture must have been taken this year because everything's from book one to 137 has been <laughs> I guess. (laughs) Why not? So now she understands, however, why Liz has been acting so bizarrely about Mm -hmm. her and Ken. And she is devastated. And she's like, oh, I knew Ken was too good to be true. And um, in fairness, like, it's not like these photos have taken place this week. Um, (laughs) Though, for all she knows, maybe they did. I guess. Well, yeah, that's it. And it is a huge secret to have kept from yes. her oh, sister God, yeah. and like and Ken not saying like it is it it would be a huge shock yeah. in fairness to her. True. Um so she decides she has to find out what happens. Like she puts the photos back. She doesn't tell Liz, uh she doesn't confront Liz yeah. and she can't no. bear the thought of confronting either Liz or Ken at the moment. But first of all, she's got to handle Heather because that's mm-hmm. the first battle and that yes. match is the next day. So the next day, she approaches the tea before the, the match begins. She's all wild up. We're told that before she left the house, she she had given herself a pep talk out loud and said, <laughs> looked in the mirror and said, you're Jessica Wakefield and you're not going to let anything or anyone keep you from getting what you want. You never have in the past. Sure fucking haven't. And <laughs> you're not going to start now. Good for you, Jessica. Be your own hype man. Hey. <laughs> well, Speaking of people getting all hyped up, uh, we're told that the uh, male fans love their new uniforms. It's uh, gross, isn't it? Because it's like, I hope it's just other kids from school in oh, those stands. God, I hope so. But like, I doubt it is. <laughs> I have seen Friday Night Lights. It's the whole yeah. town are going to be there. Oh, everyone's, gross. Everyone's overly invested in high school. <laughs> There's dads there. <laughs> Well, Heather, uh, or sorry, Jessica tries to ignore all the hooting and hollering, God help her. <laughs> and she's briefly optimistic as she starts to give an opening speech um, yes. to the crowd, to her to her team. Mm-hmm. But she notices that Heather is being unusually quiet. And uh, she's like, oh, do you know what? Maybe she's, she's finally realised she's overstepped the mark. Mm. So, Jessica start, positions herself to lead the first cheer. Mm-hmm. Again, we want to know from the experts is it the norm that you will have like actually you know got a schedule for these cheers and she raises her pom-poms in the air and it's the one they always do right before the game when little miss jumpy legs (laughs) springs literally into action like again, Heather jumps in front of Jessica and just takes <laughs> over, goes ready girls and shouts out like one, two, three, go. And they start doing a cheer that Jessica has never seen before. And oh. I don't know how the fuck they've pulled this off. Oh. So poor poor Jess just has to stand there and watch because apparently the cheer and the whole routine is way too complicated to just kind of jump in and follow the steps. Apparently uh. um, they do <laughs> some kind of fancy dance and reciting the words as if it were a rap song. Oh my god. So of course the people in the crowd are snapping their fingers and clapping along because <laughs> that's what you do to rap music. <laughs> it's, it's just 
just incredible. <laughs> I mean, we did hear from people who were trying to figure out how they were doing like funky hip hop versions of all their, you know, looking salsa cheers. Like none of it made any sense. You're just smashing words together now. <laughs> Apparently by the end of the uh, cheer, the crowd are on their feet, giving them a standing ovation. My God, they love it. (laughs) Well, this is finally the last straw, Mm -hmm. as Jessica thinks. And she tells Heather, okay, do you know what? You've done it. Uh, You wanted to take over my squad, you did it. These girls have demonstrated they feel no loyalty to me at all. And they've allowed you to come in and brainwash them. And she's not wrong. Mm. And uh, then she says, you'll all be happy to know that I quit. She threw her pom-poms down <gasps> on the field and stormed off. So Jessica has fucking had it with these bitches. As the title says, <laughs> Jessica's quit the squad. Oh my God, it's happened, finally. It's kind of about time. It's practically <laughs> just, over. Just three and a half hours into the into this book, it's over. <laughs> She's done. <laughs> well, we cut to the Dairy Burger where Ken is trying to cheer her up, but in vain. Like he's, oh. It's kind of just... The obvious is like, oh, you know, you're a natural leader. You couldn't be bossed around. You did the right thing. Um, She's totally fake. And Jessica is not really comforted, not least because she's still thinking about those photos. But she just, and this is realistic enough, she does Mm. not have the energy after all this to confront Ken about the photos. Um, Apparently she's like, she was thinking, oh my God, I can't believe I was jealous of Ken and Heather, you know, 24 hours ago. Mm. And now this, my own sister. so just as Je- as Liz was thinking like, oh my God, is he thinking of Jessica when, uh, or is he thinking of me when he's kissing Jessica? Or is he thinking, was mm. he thinking of Jessica when he was kissing me? Yeah. She's <laughs> like, is he thinking of Liz? Like, <laughs> is he using me to get to Elizabeth? And actually she has more reason to, I guess it's maybe just the same amount of reason, but if you knew that your boyfriend had mm. had a secret affair with your twin who is now attached to somebody else, I guess you might think that like, well, he can't have her now because she's with Todd, so I'm second best. Exactly, yeah. And it is funny that both twins have the same kind of thought process about this. Yeah. Where it's like they each think he's just using them to get to the other. And it's like, in a way, like it's nice that they're in sync. It's just <laughs> that it's over something that's tormenting the pair of them. <laughs> and again, they're literally thinking the same thing. Like, yeah. is he just thinking about her yeah. when he's with me? So Ken tries to cheer her up again by saying they should go to Lila's pool party. I mean, Jesus, that's like two pool parties in a week, five days. I think <laughs> it's such a busy social calendar. I actually couldn't cope with it. Oh my god! I went out for three nights in a row this weekend, and oh I'm so tired. I am like, I need to be just wheeled around in a bath chair like an Edwardian invalid. Honestly, like, I need to sleep for two weeks after something like that. <laughs> Two were pre-scheduled and one was last minute surprise birthday drinks for somebody. So, okay. uh, yeah, know. it was great fun, but yes, I I'm need sure. to lie down for a whole week now. Oh, and I am 48. <laughs> but even when I was even when I was 16, this many pool parties, I don't know if I could have taken it. It's My social life was not that full of revels. No, not so much. <laughs> not, not my old girls' school. People were constantly having flirtatious pool parties. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she doesn't want to go. And she tells Ken to go ahead. I don't think he'd, she'd 
really I don't think I don't totally buy she'd be like yeah you go along to that party that Liz is going to be at but <laughs> she does and yeah. uh, he he gives up eventually and he's like okay well, that's what you want and I'll take you home yeah. and on the way out she the reality sinks in <gasps> yeah that she's quit the cheerleading squad and it kind of hits her and, and she's horrified by the fact that she's done this because she then starts to wonder what am I if not a cheerleader I mean, I can think of a few words to describe I mean, it, Jessica. <laughs> right? But let's let her have her little existential crisis, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, being a cheerleader was, in the past, before they kind of forgot about it for about 30 bucks, was a big part of her life. So True. she literally drove somebody to uh, attempt oh, to take their own life because mm-hmm. of that squad. So, because yes. In, in the name of cheerleading, she has done some uh, truly horrific things. <laughs> so I guess it is a key core part of her identity. There you go. <laughs> So we cut to Fowler Crest and Lila asks Liz about Jessica's big decision because obviously everybody witnessed this. It was mm. pretty public. Uh, but of course, Liz hasn't talked to Jessica since uh, she stormed off and she does feel really bad about this. She's like, oh, Jesus, like this is a lot going on in my beloved yeah. twin sister's life that I haven't mm. really been, you know, supporting it, uh, supportive of. But uh, Lila and Maria are completely understandably delighted by Jessica's decision to quit. Yeah, and they're both united now in thinking that Heather is horrible. Because, uh, of course, Maria thinks that she was one of the fired girls. But, um, yeah, she reckons that Jessica's better off not having anything to do with that team and that whole squad because they didn't show her any loyalty. Yeah. And, uh, and then Lila is in full agreement. And apparently she's like, yeah, look at the way Heather's flirting with the entire football team in the pool. Apparently Heather was not invited to oh Lila's party. But she just fucking turned up anyway. <laughs> you do not turn up to a Fowler Crest party without an oh. invite. Hell no. I'm amazed she's still there, to be honest, that Lila hasn't just thrown her out very loudly and publicly. But um, yeah, and apparently Maria was also just kind of, she's also just given out about how Heather was right after the game. She kept going from one interview to another and taking all the credit for the team's success. So not only the cheer squad doing well, but also the actual football team. (laughs) And Winston is obviously, he says that, yeah, she was sort of acting like she had won the match single-handedly. Um, so everybody well at least this small gang are fully against Heather now mm-hmm. so you know there's a little bit of a resistance building mm. up Yeah, but Liz feels genuinely 100% bad for Jessica and feels really guilty about how mean she's been to her and you know she was the one who told Jessica to make Heather a co-captain and she hasn't mm-hmm. been for her they've been there for her when she's having all these problems yeah. so she decides she has to tell Jessica the truth because it the secret about her and Ken has been, you know, festering away. Mm. But uh, so she's 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 going to come clean. Yeah. But back at the casa, Jessica's on the snoop. She sure is. Yeah. Basically, as soon as she was dropped off, she made an absolute beeline to Liz's room. So Ned and Alice are out having dinner somewhere. The usual. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Jessica is snooping around uh, Liz's room uh, looking for her diary uh, and she does find it, which is also kind of amazing because Liz is always just leaving her fucking diary behind her in random places. But apparently it actually is under her bed. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, so Jessica's kind of skimming through the diary, just feverishly looking for like any kind of mention of Ken or what the fuck is going on here. And she finds this really boring bit about all the books she's reading and she's like, oh, typical Liz, so boring. <laughs> but then she eventually finds the Ken section. Um, oh. And she's almost sorry, I think, that she's read it because like her hands are shaking oh. when she sees it. And she's like, it's it's all real now when she actually sees all the stuff mm. that Liz has written about Ken and just, you know, 
how it does like they do kind of put in a little paragraph about how they go to the cinema or something and it's yeah. just you know it felt like a date but he's just looking after me like Todd asked him to still when he dropped me off at my house afterwards and you know all these funny feelings she was having yeah. so she kind of skips ahead and then of course it goes on about them kissing and how much she fancies him and how much they fancy each other and we've been oh. dying to do this for weeks but holding back and it's all the real juicy stuff oh now. But like his hands were told were on my neck Ooh. my shoulders my back but no <laughs> further down and nowhere near the front <laughs> the alarm would have been set off <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah like Jessica is so shocked by all of this she literally drops the diary <gasps> Um, and collapses onto Liz's bed in tears because it is like it's so much worse than she probably mm. thought like it was a full-on affair if 16 year olds can have affairs I don't know but <laughs> but she's just so confused by this whole thing and she doesn't know which emotion is stronger her jealousy or the feeling of betrayal and it's just like this whole day has just gone from bad to worse because like yes. first of all she quit the squad now she's found out the intensity of the fucking affair that Ken and Liz had and how what a big secret it was and it's just it's all too much it is, she thinks, the truly been the worst day of her life. Ooh, really? <laughs> I mean, not, and like, the whole boyfriend died. <laughs> like, literally dying. All the times you almost died. Uh... <laughs> Margo, like, nearly uh, stabbing you to death. No? Okay. A close second, maybe, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, she was just rescued from a burning cabin, like, a two. One book ago. Oh, good God. (laughs) Time means absolutely nothing. (laughs) It sure doesn't. But the time has come to finish. Jessica quits the squad because that is the end. My God. (laughs) And do you have the little uh, weedy out bit in your edition? I don't. it's not that exciting. It oh, just okay. says, don't miss SVH number 113, The Pop-Pop Wars, the oh. next book in this sensational three-part <laughs> miniseries. We have to be the judge of whether it's a three-part miniseries no. <laughs> or not. <laughs> <Bantam> <laughs> books, you fuckers can't be trusted. <laughs> well, what is insane is that it's called, according to the English edition, but I don't see anything on the cover of the American edition. According to the English edition, it is the Winners and Losers mm. miniseries. Yeah. Um. So I'm surprised they didn't, you know, have some reference to that. But uh, no. Mm. Well, so, as we know, they're absolutely winging it in this publishing house no, at this point in time. True. So really, looking for consistency is an absolute fool's game. <laughs> Sorry, what was I thinking? <laughs> I think I know better at this stage. 113 <laughs> books plus plus special editions. Well, just like Jessica Wakefield, we resolutely learn absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the motto of this podcast. True. No lessons learned ever. <laughs> well, listeners, uh, do let us know what you thought of Jessica Quits the Squad. Uh, did you enjoy returning to Sweet Valley High again? Because it feels like it has been about a million years. I mean, it kind of has been literally about a Honestly, year. Honestly, it was so long since anybody was just like standing next to a locker that it's nice that we're back there oh. properly now um oh yeah how about some stats oh my god <laughs> i'm We're so up sh- our game we really are it's also because when we divide books in two uh i sort of feel like we've done stats and outfits <laughs> already but we have not no, so yeah. please yeah we haven't even done any stats no we haven't oh yeah so these are stats for the entire book yes um, i have like a couple of outfits maybe two or three okay we'll go for the stats first please. so the 
blondness, the legendary Wakefield blondness, mm-hmm. only okay. got two mentions. For Which. a book that really focuses both twins, that is stunning. Honestly, isn't it? Like, and if you think that was bad, the blue green eyes only got one mention, which is what criminal. Someone needs to go to what? jail for that. I know what? it's outrageous. I, who wrote this book? <laughs> we need answers. Um, so yeah, then uh, Ken's blondness was mentioned three times. Okay, um, and Heather's blondness also got three mentions. What? Mm. Oh no. I this, know this is it's, there's an imbalance in the universe if there's that many all... more non Wakefield blondes. Yeah, it's it's very dis- very disturbing altogether. Uh, you might be reassured to learn that there are five hair flips in this book. Oh my god, I am reassured. That actually makes up for the lack of uh, of blue green eyes and right? Wakefield blondes. That is a lot and of hair flipping. It's not surprising. So much hair flipping. Yeah, I don't know how they're not all just dizzy and falling over all the time. Um, and uh, yes, and people blush six times. Whoa. Is- it's, not, it's a lot. It is a lot. I'm not really surprised though. It feels like a book where people are constantly going bright red. True. Yes, absolutely. Um, outfits then. Okay, so at one point we did have Liz. Oh yeah, when Todd has gone on about you're irresistible. I love what you're wearing. And Liz looks down to see she's just wearing a pair of blue jeans and a pink cotton t-shirt. Apparently her hair is pulled back in a white headband and she's not wearing makeup. So then she's just kind of like, she's kind of annoyed by him like complimenting how she looks when she's made minimum if not negative mm. effort yeah. <laughs> in all of this. She's annoyed um, at anything he does at oh, this stage, He so. he just can't do anything right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then we have the cheerleading uniforms. So the new <gasps> apparently tacky ones uh, that Heather has brought on the scene. Uh, the skirts are super short with fringe around the bottom and the shirts were skimpy little tank tops. So, yeah. And again, this does sound like something Jessica would be like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, I'm going to look amazing in this. Let's go. A hundred percent. I just can't imagine you being like, these tiny skirts and tank top are too trashy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but she's not impressed. Uh, And then, oh, yes, when Jessica uh, is going on her date with Ken, uh, one of her dates with Ken, she apparently looks more ravishing than ever in a pale blue sleeveless dress that fell just above her ankles. It was sophisticated, yet sexy. Oh, yeah, showed off her allegedly lanky figure, which I think is absolutely not the case. But still, sounds like a nice dress. So there's that. (laughs) That's true. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so is that it for the that's, that's I guess the it is only half of the book I, there you I go. feel I that feel there was like, a lot more in the early mm, part oh there were yeah definitely so this was just kind of rounding out the uh, the part two of it all with a <laughs> little handful of outfits <laughs> wow well uh, again I will address our listeners by <laughs> saying uh, do let us know what you thought you know we always love hearing from you uh, we are I guess technically still on Twitter at SVH Podcast, but we are also on Blue Sky. So if you want to go somewhere that uh, isn't uh, actively promoting all sorts of heinousness, uh, you can head <laughs> over there and find us there. But uh, it's not the only way to contact us. No, you can also send us an email uh, at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we are on Instagram at svhpodcast, where if you have not taken our, uh, I don't know what to call these little games, like a screen grab game, you yeah. know, you have, what's the, does, is there an official name for this? Yeah, I think it's just like screenshot game. I yeah. <laughs> so it's basically, you get like lots of different, ro- you know, different images flash and you uh, hit screen, cl- screen grab and see what you got. And it was, 
all the ways that you could die in Sweet Valley. And Karen really outdid herself. You could be poisoned by clams. You could be mm-hmm. uh, hit by a train while doing a dare for Club X. <laughs> there were many ways to Sweet Valley die, as I, as I put it. But yeah, it was my little um, Halloween game for Instagram. So it was actually a lot of fun trying to remember and think back of all the ways people had very close calls in this completely ridiculous series. Oh, she seriously <laughs> did a magnificent job. And uh, you can find it on our Instagram. It'll still be fairly near the top mm. so uh, do head out there and and uh, see how you will sweet valley die <laughs> um we because we didn't we didn't do uh come and uh, like listener feedback last week uh we're not going to be able to spend too much time on uh on your amazing many amazing comments this week because like there's just too many because we have <laughs> we have both the first part of uh jessica quits the squad and of course no place to hide. And let's just say, <laughs> Nicholas has uh, has outstayed his welcome yet again. Oh my God. I did enjoy, actually, our lovely guest, Amy Clarkin, pointed out very reasonably that for a book called No Place to Hide, all anyone's fucking doing is hiding in random places. <laughs> so it really was one of the uh, worst misnomers in terms of... Uh... <laughs> Accuracy. <laughs> Maria Teresa Biblioteca uh, did say that um, she uh, she uh, bought a bunch of old super thrillers last year for entertainment while prepping for a colonoscopy. And uh, just saying, Nicholas Morrow makes perfect reading material for such an occasion. <laughs> you know, it's harsh, but it's fair. <laughs> perfect accompaniment for crapping out your entire <laughs> digestive <laughs> system. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, but also, actually, yeah, speaking of the live episode again, we do want to say a massive thank you uh, to like everyone that came in costume because holy shit, those were amazing. my God. Um, But we definitely need to shout out Plucky Insolence, who (gasps) managed to time it that she was in Dublin uh, for the show. So thank you so much because uh, she very kindly gifted us the Elizabeth series, uh, which is something I didn't even know existed until about two years ago. So that was incredible oh. um and uh and yeah and also like a, an svu book and the the meet the stars of sweet valley high oh. uh just an absolute bag of goodies it was incredible <laughs> i am so sorry we didn't get to meet properly uh face to face because i was backstage with amy mm. when uh, when karen met plucky insolence however i did see her in the crowd because she was dressed <laughs> as cookie monster werewolf I, I, oh my god it was so good <laughs> Please, if any of you have photos, because we didn't get photos of any of your costumes, so please do send them in. I know everybody who was uh, on the live stream really Mm. wanted to to check them out because we weren't aware of, you know, what the cameras were getting. So um, it turns out that the cameras did not capture the magnificence of the ensemble. But oh gosh, um, yes. they they truly did have to be seen to be believed, and we uh, we would like to thank everybody who who came costumed or not. We also oh gosh, got yes. a book from Lana, oh. aka Lana Scrub. Um, it is the Super Romance Mystery Date, and it <laughs> is the book where Ken and Olivia get together. Now, I remember them being together at the very end mm. when the Castletown Wakefield falls into the earth like the House of Usher. But <laughs> this was the book that they actually united. And as Lana said in her <laughs> in her note to us on the front page, Dear Anna and Karen, every page of this book is absolute fucking lunacy, including a near riot about the Beach Boys. And oh I have God. read the beginning of it. This is and so I was, 
hysterical. I think Anna was actually trying to read from it to me and Amy backstage and it, <laughs> we just had to stop because it was getting so silly and we had a show to do. And yet we still uh, discovered that at some point the teens are almost about to riot and chanting, Beach Boys, Beach Boys. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and at one stage, Bruce is like, is shouting like, stop it, freakazoids. <laughs> Oh my god! Incredible. <laughs> also, bear in mind this book's co- this book comes out in 1998, and uh, Lila and Maria are horrified by what they call the grunge look. Oh my god! <laughs> so <laughs> I cannot wait to get to this. Uh, I very, very much appreciate Lana giving it to us. So uh, something for us all to look forward to. Several books down the line. Oh my god! So good. Because especially those little special weird one-off things are mm. like they're not on the Kindle. So we very thing, much yeah. appreciate your generosity of uh, sharing them with us because, oh you God. know, we we really want to recap every single book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're we're, com- we're completists here. So we're really going to try and, yeah, get the entire series down. <laughs> Just a little surprise, uh, little, little heads up. There may be. A special one coming for Christmas. Oh, what could gonna, it be? <laughs> but uh, we're going to keep that one uh, under our hats, or should we say, under our wigs? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Actually, yeah. Before we give anything else away, I do want to say we got some gorgeous emails recently as well from Joanna and from Caitlin and from Ulrich. Uh, we just, yeah, we oh. love your emails so much. So thank you so much for getting in touch with us. You're always sending us gorgeous and hilarious emails. Yeah. And thank you so much when you do get in touch. We love it. And we we yeah. really appreciate you guys so much. We really do. And whenever, I mean, the, seriously, there could be nothing nicer to hear than when somebody says that uh, listening to us cheered them up when they needed cheering mm. up. And um, we we really take these uh, these mails to heart and we are so glad to have brought some ridiculous cheer with all this <laughs> nonsense into your lives. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep doing it as long as we have books to cover. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah thank you so much for coming to the live podcast or watching it or just listening to it on your mm. feeds we will definitely do it again like oh, absolutely. it's not going to be another four years no 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 definitely not like it was so much fun so yeah we'll, we'll definitely have to to get organized and, and do another one yeah oh. and uh, yeah you were um, you, you know it was now we know what uh, what mistakes not to make next time we have a costume contest we will take photos Yes, we'll be all over it. <laughs> uh, I have to, for Ruth K83's sake, she uh, came up with her own version of Jolene based <gasps> yes. on yes. No Place to Hide. And it is a Jocene, 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 Jocene. I'm begging you tell Barb about her grand. Josine, 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 Josine. Keep off the cliff and foil John's evil plan. Oh my God, that was so good. Inspired. Thank you, Ruth. (laughs) I love it. Please send all further suggestions for Dolly Parton crossovers. (laughs) We will. uh, We'll embrace them all. Um, So, uh, yeah, if, if, the excitement of Jessica Quits the Squad and No Place to Hide was not enough mm. for you. You know how you can get us in your ears. 
every single week. <laughs> that is so much Sweet Valley High. But yes, if you would like that, you can head on over to Headstuff Pod- headstuffpodcast.com. Uh, yeah, and you can sign up for Headstuff Plus, which gets you into our exclusive uh, sorority. Uh, but we don't blackball anybody, so Never. it's fine. Um, all are welcome. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so PBA is our series, our bonus series that we kind of run in the weeks between regular Double Love episodes. Uh, yeah, so if you sign up to support the show, you can sign up for as little as five euro a month and that gets you access to the bonus content for every show on the network which is pretty sweet mm-hmm. um yeah and also our pba series now it's actually quite a good time to sign up because there's like two there's almost three entire series yes. worth of content there um yeah of, of bonus episodes so yeah we're nearing the end of series three of the tv show yeah and it's just it's mad that this show still manages to surprise us because oh. you kind of think you know what you're getting into with an episode when you read the little synopsis and yet some absolute madness will happen at <laughs> Point and you'll just be like, well, did not expect that. And <laughs> so bear in mind, <laughs> you don't have to be, you know, a fan of the TV series, hmm. though we now are. Yeah. Which we did not see coming when we started. No, yes. we kind of started to think we were just going to take the piss out of it. And now I'm honestly so invested. I'm so invested in every cast member. I'm like, I hope you're all absolutely thriving and I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you it's it's easy to join, and um, you again have access to our full backlist. And now I think you do have both our back, both the bonus episodes and the regular episodes all together in its own unique feed, um, which is very handy. So mm. it's never been easier to join PBA and uh, and sign up to to Headstuff Plus. So if you haven't done it yet, uh, you know it's. It's not that much money. I mean, I know times are tough at the moment, mm. but maybe uh, maybe you'd prefer to, you know, go without, I don't know, um, another red dressing-free salad in your lunch place of choice. <laughs> Spend it on us instead. We very much appreciate your support. And, <laughs> and we will see all our uh, all our Pi Beta Alpha siblings mm. in the clubhouse next week. Um, we have had a, a disco extravaganza mm-hmm. last week, which was quite incredible. It was really something else. <laughs> I don't know if I've recovered from that yet. No. Uh, <laughs> there was so many wigs. It was amazing. So many wigs. So many sort of DIY disco mm. songs. So much dancing. So much dancing! Oh my god, it was wonderful. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will be uh, we we will be not dancing our way into the clubhouse. We will be dancing our way to a crime uh, because it's crimes and cappuccinos is the episode this week. But Lila's fucking kidnapped, isn't she? <laughs> Apparently, something like that. Oh Jesus, I love it out kidnapped. <laughs> Wikipedia, this, and uh, yeah, we're, now we're back on track for the, mm-hmm. for the moment in the normal schedule, yes. the normal one. Um, so yeah, there'll be uh, no more uh, super thrillers, or was there actually? I'm sorry, I don't realize. Yeah, no, there's still two that we haven't done. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we're kind of back to regular episodes. So yeah, what's our next? 
winners and uh, losers in terms uh, of time? no winners and losers is the trilogy yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one in the normal series is the pom-pom wars ah okay but yes. uh before we fully sign you out i'm just gonna leave you with this thought wretched chinchilla which she <laughs> put on instagram said Nicholas Morrow is definitely asking his poor therapist whether it's weird to have a wank to the portrait of his love interest doppelganger grandma <laughs> which actually made me laugh out loud on the bus when I saw it oh my goodness yeah very, very fair <laughs> let's just hope he goes back into therapy oh let's hope that therapist is paid enough <laughs> well isn't enough money in the world no <laughs> But let us forget Nicholas for the moment and hopefully for months on end. (laughs) Because we will be back here in two weeks when we find out what happens when Jessica Wakefield faces off against Heather Malone and we witness the beginning of the pom-pom wars. Still good. What a great title. See you then, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.